as we're at the airport in line, she says, I just want to say this for the record. If anything happens, I want it known that I was absolutely against this trip from the beginning. Hey, this is Matt Cox, and this is Zach, and we're doing a podcast real quick. Well, not real quick. I always say real quick. Fucking well, I mean, that's hours. how you brought it up. I mean, you're, so, you're like, hey, stop by, do something. Stop, yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna we're going to go over Zach's story, which you guys have been people have been going nuts for and saying, hey, I want to hear his story. He's got to tell his whole story because we've been, you know, a little. You get a little bit here, a little bit there, and I talk to him, and he's got an outline. And this is yeah. really the problem is that he's been like, yeah, I know, I got to write everything down because I forget, and then I forget how things happen in order. So I, I kind of like I forget. I'm like, oh man, wait a minute, no wait. He was arrested before that. So he wrote an out, sat down with Colby and I and wrote an entire outline so he could actually go. Over well, I just I, I hit the high spots. You know, there's right. a there's a lot of story in between. So I just think I covered a high spot and I'll just cover the story when requested. Right, if it, yeah, if it comes up. Yeah. Well, that's how I am. Like if I could sit down and talk for 10 hours, if I told you like the whole story and every single it'd be a 10 hours. Right. You know, you want to 10 hours and you get my book. Understood. All right. So, um, Which you should do. All right, so outline, we'll go bullet point by bullet point. All right. All right let's do it. <laughs> so I, I was, I was born in Tampa, Florida. So I'm originally from this area. I didn't a, know that. Yeah. But mother, I thought you were born father, in, in, uh, um, Washington. And no, no lived, lived there like about six years and then we came back to Florida. So, but all right. you know, I didn't know that. <laughs> so, um, born in Tampa, Florida, lived with my mother, father, um, one brother, two sisters. <clears throat> I was the, the baby of the bunch. I was really the, like the accident. You know, I came, my oldest, <laughs> my oldest sister is like seven years older than me. So when I'm like five or six, they're like 13, 14 wanting to go out and they were always stuck babysitting me is kind of the earlier memories that I, I have. Elementary school, I was kind of a class clown. I used to like to act out get a lot of attention. And I guess that was to make up for the fact that I was the baby kid, See that you know, in, in, in high school, I kind of played football and was a nerd. I used to play chess. I was in drama class and in speech. So I used to performing in front of people was my forte. I, for a minute, I wanted to be a stand up comic. So I had like, I didn't know that. See, yes. I didn't know that either. I had like seven routines where I told stories. Are you serious? Yes. And animate and act them out different jokes, whatever, you know, and, and I mean, that was kind of my ambition to go forward, to, to be a, a comic. And, and you think you're hilarious, so I can see. Yeah, I do. I do laugh at my own jokes. Yes. I've been told that's a problem because <laughs> I do believe I'm well, you're hilarious. Like, well, somebody out there is laughing. No, Jack. I mean, no, Zach. <laughs> it's just you. My fault. You, you laugh at your jokes, but that's cool. That's all right. I went to college. At the University of Texas. Well, so why didn't you become a comedian? Did you ever try and yes. be a comedian? Yes, I've, I've been in talent. I've won talent shows and I've been there were comedy clubs here called Giggles on Del Mabry. And so I've been there. I used to be an opening act for a couple of people. I don't know. I just I think it was more of the stage fright. I don't know what it was. It was just like 
I was better at stealing other people's routines and kind of coming up ones of my own. I can see that too. <laughs> I can see that. So I started that, stealing I at an early age. I say that a lot. That could be like a drinking uh, game where it's like dr- take a shot every time Cox says, well, I can see, see that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and see, I felt like I could do other people's comedy bits better than them. Right. You know, so I would do other people's comedy bits and they would crack up laughing, but I was doing somebody else's bit. You know, it was hard for me to come up with ones of my own. A lot of comics steal other people's material, but they also have writers, people that write. Right. Well, you know, another thing, them. you know, Seinfeld said this, because there'll be many, many times where I'm just having a conversation with somebody and I say something funny or they say something funny. Seinfeld was like, he said, well, I, what I started doing was he started just, he kept like a notebook and he would pull out a notebook right then because you'll think, oh man, I need to remember that. That's a good joke. But then you don't. So he would write it down right then. Right. And then before you know it, you have a list of jokes. So ah. that's a, a I guess a technique and and I've met, um, what's the guy I met? I did his com his, uh, a podcast. He's a David, um, is it David Lucas? I think it's David Lucas is a, uh, Danny, uh, with concrete interviewed him. He, he was, we watched him on in, uh, at giggles right. and he's been is giggles still there by the way. I, I don't know if it's still called Giggles, but it's like the comedy club or something like yeah, that. Comedy, it's on, yeah, it's, I need to go by there. I yeah. love comedy. I love stand-up comics. Yeah, but I'm saying like he, he can tell you all about it. He's in L.A. Like he's he'll take my. I have I still have one um, buddy that I knew from high school that is a stand-up comic and who yeah. made his living doing that. He was on the circuit, so I, I mean it was it was an aspiration. I just never went back to it. I mean I don't I don't know. I mean it's tough. Like he's it is. his. His thing, like it's it's no joke. Like, and you, he actually worked at the comedy club for like uh, a year or two. You know, he's like, you put it like you're like a bouncer, like you put in your dues. He yes. But anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. But um, yeah. I but you know, acting has always been my my stick. Since I've been out, I've been wanting to get back into certain plays at certain theaters. Like that to me, that's a great pastime. I love being on stage and acting out. So this is a, a great hobby right here as well. Um, went to that. went to college. I can see that. Thank you. Went to college, partial scholarship, University of Texas, where I moved to Austin. Um, this was like back in '87. So um, I moved over, moved to Austin <clears throat> to start school. That's where I went to college, Longhorn, Hookem Longhorns. Um, once I was probably in Austin about two weeks when I met my first wife. Her name is Jackie. Um, we just started dating right off the the bat. Like we were attracted to each other. We were talking, so we were going out, and it probably we probably didn't know each other three months before she was pregnant. So once she got pregnant, you know, I just proposed. I felt like that was the right thing to do, and we we got married, and kind of moved in together. She was living with her mom when I met her and going to school, and I was of course living on my own. So once once she got pregnant, she just moved in. So when she when she moved in, <laughs> um, we did like we got married. She moved in. We did pretty, pretty good together for a while. We were a pretty good, pretty good team. We were we started like when we combined our income because we both started working. So once we started working, we were able to buy like because I had a piece of crap, piece of shit car. Right. And so we were able to buy another car. A is in Isuzu Impulse. You remember those cars? <laughs> Yeah. I don't know why I got my big ass in an Isuzu Impulse. <laughs> I, I have no idea why I folded up and got into that sucker. But I used to get into that thing. It was one of those Italian, rich, cool guys' cars, so I had to get one. Um, 
So she, the Isuzu is not an Italian car. Listen, Italian people drove that car. <laughs> Italian muscle men, you know, people thought they were the. <laughs> so, all right. So, I mean, eventually she gave birth to our son named Richard. Okay. Um, and we were still working. We were doing pretty good for a while. I think um, all in all, it was like six years we were together. Didn't have many, many problems, you know, going through, through school. Um, and then, like, you know, her and my son died in a car accident, you right. know, which was which was kind of well, de- devastating. Right. So what 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 happened there? Like where you were working in, in the in the summertime, <clears throat> I took jobs like full time jobs just to make sure I saved up enough money for like when we were in school. So at that time, I was working at a, a company called um, P- Pollock Paper and I was a warehouse kind of customer service type of person. And one, the, the situation was one day we used to take turns on who would drive the work just to save gas, you know? So like we would only take one car. We wouldn't take the other car. So she drove me to work. She dropped. So she was going to drop our son off. And my, my, my first wife had an issue of over cause in Austin, there's a lot of two lane roads so she had an issue of overtaking and passing cars that are slow in front of her, right. especially in Isuzu. You know, it's like, hey, this sucker can can blow. So I'm going to put it to the test. And so obviously what happened, um, she tried to overtake a car and there was a truck coming the other way. And so I sometimes those cars don't want you to pass them. I don't, right. I don't know what this is. This is what I imagine, I guess, in my head. So she tried to overtake the car. And when she tried to turn, the truck clipped the car and it hit her and smashed her against the windshield but my son went through the windshield from the back in a car seat so they were both pronounced dead at the scene so the what I remember about that day is my boss calling me in to the office and like I always imagine that when something like that happens you kind of feel the the loss of the presence you know Right. The essence, you know, because I think usually some people are like, oh, something's wrong. I never even had that type of sense. I never had that that sense until he actually said it. Because when he was struggling, I'm sitting there going, like, I'm I'm thinking he's about to fire me. Right. Like the whole, like his whole demeanor was like, hey, can you? Oh, it's that int- intuition. Like suddenly, like everything, like things suddenly, everything's just off. Nothing's really different. Nothing's really not right. But it's just off enough that you get that sense that something's wrong. I thought I would have. That's what I was saying. I thought I would have. Oh, you that. thought you would. Oh, but you didn't. I didn't. And so when he's struggling through it, like my mind started going, "Is this dude about to fire me?" Right. You know, and I'm thinking like, "Okay, I did take that last week. I probably shouldn't have." You know, okay. that's what's calculating in my mind as he's, you know, "Oh, I got something to tell you." So when he told me, like, I wanted to bust out laughing. Like, what? Come on, man. Like, why would you tell me something like that? You know, but. He's he had even arranged for me to go to the hospital, like for me to get a ride to the hospital because I didn't right. have my car because he's asking me that. He goes, did you drive here to work? That's what was all bizarre. He's like, because right. he's trying to understand my situation. Yeah. Yeah. He's trying to make arrangements for you. <laughs> right. Like, did you drive? You're about, you're about to be distraught and not understand what's going on. And somebody right. needs to kind of right. take care and, of And that's what he was asking me. So the way he was describing it was kind of putting me in the frame like this dude's been to fire me and wants to know how I'm going to get off his property. Right. So so he made arrangements for me to get to the hospital to identify the bodies. And and I guess at th- that point, 
I would say my world changed. You know, it 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 went from a team effort to a solo effort immediately. My my wife was um, Mexican and black, and her mom was Mexican, and her and I were kind was I would say very close because her her mom had a boyfriend that was. Uh, 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 an alien, an illegal alien that was here. So we used to make wet back jokes all the time, right. you know, and, and they were teaching me Spanish and all that stuff. We were pretty close. Her mom was absolutely destroyed because there went. Oh, yeah. Of yeah well, ja- well, Jackie was her only daughter. And there went her daughter and grandson in, in one point. So it was it was it was devastating. So. Um, what I tell people is, you know, we talked uh, at the beginning a little bit. And it just tapered off. And then just one day she stopped calling and she never, ever like returned my calls or answered my call again. And like, I've never even heard from him. I don't know what became of her. It's probably just like, it was such a, a, such a reminder of the situation or something. That's what, yeah, that's what you were saying that I reminded her of her only daughter and grandson that, yeah, that were that gone. pain. And sometimes it's just, some people just can't, they don't want to, they just want to walk away. So, so. that, but at, at that point, my life changed because now the, two bedroom apartment that I had, I could no longer afford. Of course we didn't have life insurance. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it just became the, the, my, my, my dad covered the funeral, but it just became very d- disturbing and distraught. I, I, I was given like a month off of work, but then when I went back to work, it's, I was worthless. I was, I was worthless for, I would say it took a year to turn around. Um, I got a lot of help from my parents from odd jobs that I would take. This is just based on just depression and just non-motivation and just the, the overall. Okay. Yes, yes. My job, Pollock Paper, was very good to me because they paid me full salary. Anyway, I mean, the, the specifics always, don't let me get caught up in the specifics. Yeah, yeah it's fine, right? it's fine. But anyway, so like a- after that happened, I took odd jobs. So one of the odd jobs I took was at a company called West Telemarketing. I really found that jobs that, where I could just drone, where I could just be in a zone, like working and cleaning up and stuff like that, were the only jobs I could really do, where I didn't have to interact and do a lot of talking to people. I could just go there and just start doing something was the jobs I could do. But what was breaking me out of that is I took this job at West Telemarketing where I was actually going to be on the phone. So I decided to take that job just to kind of like work my way back into it after trying to recover from that. So... I was working for West Telemarketing. I was doing Sears Siding, which was one of my favorite projects, um, where you were selling the siding for Sears. West is a phone company that calls different people. Right. So I did that for, I worked there about, it's about a, phone a year and a half. It's yeah. a phone room. Right. Well, but it's a high tech phone because it had predicted di- the predictive dialing and, you know, you're on the computer screen and you're reading yeah, yeah, the Yeah, it's not a boiler up. room. I mean, right. yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, I understand. I'm just saying it's a phone room where you're selling a product. It could be any product. But- and I, I, I've come to be pretty, I was pretty good at that. So to the point where when they brought in a new project that they were screaming about, we're going to pick selective people. Really, we're going to pick the people who have the highest sales right. and try to get this company, which was the AT&T Universal Card. Nice. <laughs> where we were actually calling people up <laughs> And offering them the free AT and T Universal card, so I this, remember that I had a, I had a twenty thousand dollar AT and T when it first came out. I got one for like twenty grand. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's nice. This was my introduction to the credit world, a world that I I didn't know anything about. Uh, now I told you that I had been gone to college 
about six years and had never been back home. Like when I left in my car for college, like I only talked to my mom, dad, sisters and brothers. I'd never been back back home at all. Plus, back then you paid heavily for like if a phone call was expensive. Yes, yes long distance was per minute. Yeah, people don't even realize now. <laughs> like, like you know, if you called somebody in Georgia, like you get a, a $60 phone bill and it's like, you know, I talked for 20 minutes. What's going on? Correct. Like, you paid per And that's 20, some, 25, 30 years ago. And this was all the plans. The, like in a $200 the, fucking The family and friends. Yeah. I think I did have that family. You, you know what I'm saying? Well, I had a family and friend plan that was $23 where I could call certain numbers unlimited. It, it was just all expensive. Right. The phone was an expensive luxury. <laughs> but. These, these kids now, they don't know. They have no they idea. All right, so I got the the job with um, AT and T Universal Card. Their their goal was two an hour. Two an hour was making me ten dollars an hour. Nice. I, I could do four or Big five. Big money. Yes, I could do four or five. So I was making very good money giving away this card. People who were pre-approved of limits. So they had multiple training, and they started explaining how the people were pre-approved, how they. Pulled, they did a soft pull on their credit and the credit bureaus were allowed. Like, so their explanation was opening my mind to the credit and the credit bureaus to the point where I pulled my credit and I really didn't have any except for the, the car loan that my dad helped pay off, which was kind of put me in the middle of the road. But that introduction is what kind of led me down a, a fraudulent path because I was even though I was making good money, I was still struggling with my bills and by struggling with my bills. Like I needed any extra money. Like I couldn't go anywhere. It was either work and home. I couldn't really do anything. So what happened? What what about the, is this the one where you mentioned the, um, the electric, the the electric bill? Yeah. Well, yeah, because yeah, because you know, my car got repossessed multiple times and my dad helped me every month. My, um, electric bill would be, or my phone got turned off my electric everything was being turned off and turned back on i was actually chasing bills that's how i was living right. probably for about eight months well you told me what the, the chick at the electric company told <laughs> right. you right so you said, don't so do matt not lo- want to say that yeah, matt loves this story so I i'll like tell you the story it's it's a because it, it's just like well like, what a fucking slap in the face yes so and, and, and it was so my electric bill of course is off it's oh, listen, friday when i started being a mortgage broker like I was two, two, three months behind on my car. At one point, like Ford Motor Credit is like looking for my truck. This is when I started. I think so, everyone can like so those things like that. Yeah. yeah. You know, when you're young, you know, you, you struggle, you yeah. struggle for your bills. And, and, and I was chasing him. I was, I was turning, I was paying reconnect fees all the time. So one Friday I, I, I had two jobs and, and this was a two job because I went from my day job to West. So one Friday I came home and my lights are out. So it's Friday afternoon at like 4.30 and my lights are out. I'm like, son of a bee. So I scrounged up everything. I'm talking rolling pennies and coins to go to the Kroger's to pay my light bill in order to get my lights back on. So I literally went broke. Like I might have had 70, 80 bucks and that's exactly what I needed to get my lights on. I had to come up with another 15 bucks from everywhere, searching all coins and all possibility. I pay the light bill and I get the paperwork. It's covered enough to get it turned back on. And I call and the woman says, I'm sorry, but as soon as your lights will be on will be Monday. I said, yeah, but it's, it's Friday. That's like 
two days, I, I will be without power. Right. I, I, she said, well, I'm sorry, I can't help you. I go, that's, that's ridiculous. She goes, no. You want to know what's ridiculous? What's ridiculous is in the last eight months, your power has been turned off eight times. I said, what? Who do you think you are? She goes, I know who, what I am, but what you are is a deadbeat. And like I was went from mad to, oh, my God, I am a deadbeat. Like the realization that I couldn't pay my bills right. hit me as like you're a you're a failure. You know, to sit at home in the dark For at the night. Yes. yes. Like I went out to parks like it, like that weekend. I had to occupy myself. And when I went home, it was to get into bed because I had no power. Like putting food in my friend's refrigerators to save what I had and spending all my time outside of the house until it's time to go to bed. That's how I spent my weekend until Monday turned my power on. And that's when it hit me that I was I was a deadbeat. Right. Like I'm a complete loser because I can't pay my bills. All right. So probably soon after that, which Matt loves, what happened to me is I'm on a I'm on an AT&T Universal call making my sales pitch and a gentleman, which I won't mention his name because I do remember his name. Yeah, I know you told me. I'm like, I can't believe you remember his name. You're like, oh, yeah. I remember his name because. You remember a lot of names. Yes. So I, I called this gentleman to offer him the Universal card. He had a $25,000 credit limit. So I'm offering him the card. He's like, he was very easy. It's like, blah, 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 blah. I go through the spiel. He goes, yeah, okay. So then I, I go through the confirmation. Now there, you have to tape record the confirmation in case there's any questions. Just to, like yeah, in yeah, case like he challenged. I never got this. Right, I didn't do this. Right. And I didn't agree. So I ask him, can I record you? Yes. You do agree. I can send you the card. He said, yes. So I go through the whole spiel, you know, and I get to the end. I say, okay, sir, you should receive your card within the next uh, 10 to 14 days. And he goes, well, uh, hold on one second. That's what he tells me. Yeah, kind of argument you hear in the grocery store and when a couple's arguing. He goes, comes back and he says, uh, never mind, I don't want it. I said, wait, hold on one second. And he hangs up. I'm like, damn it. Hey, hey, watch your mouth on the sales floor. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm like, this son of a bee. Watch your language. Yes, I apologize. And I'm thinking, so I sit down because I'm frustrated. I sit there and I go, ah, like, I don't even understand. This is a $25,000 card. Right. He doesn't have to pay interest. I'm sitting there. The benefits are going through my money. He doesn't have to pay interest for two years. Right. He can pay off any of his other cards and he doesn't want it. So then I look and I say, I wonder if I could change this address. You thought I need, you know what, you know who needs, you know who could use this 25 grand. Exactly what my thought is. And he deserves it. He deserves it. So I change his address in the computer system to mine. Which seems reasonable. (laughs) Which seems reasonable. I I could see that. Right. So then I go back in and I record that he did not want to be recorded. So then I made sure I recorded another sale on top of his. Wrote down his pertinent information. I don't, and I don't remember where the inspiration for this came. But when I changed the address, I said, just in case I get this card, I probably need all of his info. So I probably spent 10 minutes not working, processing all this to make sure I had it, setting it up, rewinding, listening, doing everything I need to do to wipe that sale out 
of the verbal system, right? And make sure it goes through. So I set all that up out of some inspiration I had. Put the paper in my pocket and went back out on the phone and did my sales. So at some point, I forgot about it. Because I, I think I got home and took the paper out. You're probably thinking, I'll never get the card or anything. Yeah, like that, that became up. a fantasy that vanished. And about 10 to 14 days later, because like I remember this because I never checked my mailbox because guess what always comes in the mail? Yeah. Bills. bills. Yeah. <laughs> so when I decided to check my mailbox one day, like I'm going through and I see a letter in a unidentified envelope for this person. So when I look, I feel it. So I I'm know like, they didn't send no. me a credit card. No. So then my mind goes, where's this information? I'm like, uh. So I dash back to the house, scurry through everything, and I find his information. I activate his card. Right. You know, I can hear the, um, what is that music? Bum, bum. Yeah. Bum, 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 bum. Is that the AT AT&T music? <laughs> yeah. <What is> that? <laughs> dun, dun. Yeah, it's like, I, I can't believe it. I have a $25,000 AT&T Universal card. And not only that, but in that same envelope is three convenience checks. How convenient was that? Yeah, nice. So, good times. Good times. Good times. Oh, good times. Good. And you know, and back then this is the early 90s, like 92, 93. They don't no, this is 94, 94. So they don't a lot of places don't accept credit cards, and so you have to go to high dollar places. So I'm in the gas station and using the card to buy gas and, and, and things like that. And, and it worked. So I probably do about 70, 80 bucks. But what I decided to do was write myself a $5,000 check on the convenience checks and deposit it in my bank account that hovered at zero for years. Right. <laughs> like my bank said, hey, zero or negative. That's where I like to stay. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, and not, you're not thinking, hey, this is leading back to me. No. No. no, like, no, not at all. So I write the check and like three days later when the check clears, I'm like, I don't even know what to do with myself. This is pre-debit cards, by the way. This is pre-visa, debit, all that. This is pre that era. Yeah. So I'm, hey, let me get 1500 Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> so now I've got money. So guess what gets paid? Bills. Yeah. I've paid my rent for the next, in fact, I pay my rent for the month coming up and decided, you know what? Go ahead and pay it for August, September, and October. What? You heard what I said. <laughs> I pay my electric bill. When my bill comes in, I've got a credit. Like, look at that friggin' blue, baby. <laughs> Red is out of there. <laughs> I got it. So I'm, all my bills are paid. I don't even know what to do with myself. I've been out to eat. All my friends, I'm at the bar. Hey, hey, everybody gets a beer on me. I don't even know what to do. So it dawned on me. It's like, hey, you still have four grand or like 3,800 left. So Go you've back. gone through the 25,000? No, no, oh, okay. no, no. You, no, I put a $5,000 check in my account. So I had like 20, I had like, like a little bit, almost $3,000 left. I'm trying to remember what the amount was. Because I wrote the first check for... Five five thousand dollars. Right. So I had twenty thousand on his card. Oh, okay. 
So I wrote the check. And then, I, of course, I made the minimum payment of 58 bucks. I mean, yeah, you know. Of course. Keep it. <laughs> no, you have to keep his credit good standing. <laughs> so something hits me. It says, go home. I'm like, what? Go home. You haven't been back to Florida in. Got to go see mom. Go see mom, dad, sis, brother. So I call and I buy an airline ticket, Delta Airline. I'm going home next weekend. Like out of the blue, I'm going home. I come back home. I rent a car. I've got money. I'm showering all my nieces and nephews with gifts and everything. So I make my first trip home after six years. Everybody loves me. I'm having a great time. I'm driving around. I rent a hotel room. I stay at my sister's house. You know, it's just it was just a blast. Something I have never done. Something that seemed impossible before that card came in the mail. I was able to do. So that I think that kind of changed me. It was like being able to have money, like people calling me the prodigal son. My mom goes, "You must be doing good at your job." Yes, I am, mom. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> of course. I write the other $5,000 check. It takes me about, because I, I went home about four times, but it takes me about five or six months to go through the $25,000. So I end up writing, like the next check I think was $10,000. That lasts me about, my bills are paid and I really don't know how to spend money and I don't have anything to spend money on except going home. Right. You know, but I, I did, I went home. Then I would take other trips like, hey, how about going to Vail to ski? Somebody had mentioned that. I'm like, Vail? I've never been there. <laughs> I have no reason to go, but why the hell not? <laughs> so I would, I would, I, I just took a couple of trips because I had no idea how to spend my money. All right. Um, what, okay. So what happened after that is I started traveling on Delta so much. So I should mention that the first guy I did just became the first guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. there was another person. Yeah. You became emboldened. Like I would say, I became emboldened by the fact that I'd gotten away with it. Yes. It was so easy. It was like, why isn't everybody doing this? It, exactly. So I did another guy and rerouted his car to my house. It's like the movie. <laughs> it's like the movie. You remember the movie, The Invention of Lying? Where yeah. He's the only one who's lying. He's like, like every, and everybody just believes me. That's right. <laughs> Sorry. All right, so I um I I do like three or four other so this goes on for about a year. Now this is important because there's a transition. So I start traveling. Like at the time Delta had this weekend travel club where like they would pick spots where they'd give you tickets for 3 or 400 bucks. And so I would go there with a, a card. I just started spending money because I didn't really have a, a, a girlfriend per se. So I would just travel. I had nothing else going on in my life. You so know, I, you remember, uh, I don't know, th this guy, Boziak? Yes. Like I remember when, so he, he same thing. He, told, he basically told me how she started making money. He's like, but at that time, I didn't know how to spend money. And I was like, right. and I, I was like, I didn't, like, what does that mean? And he went, like, he's like, like, I knew the only things that I was ever financially able to do didn't cost that much money. Like he's like, right. so like I would go to the strip club and instead of like tipping, you know, a couple bucks here and a couple bucks here, he was now like, I'm fucking throwing money. Like, like here's a hundred bucks. Here's a hundred bucks. He's like, like I'm blowing the money. He said, but even then I don't like, how many times can you go to the strip club? How many times can you go to the bar? He was and get so drunk that you can't get home. He's like, and, and he was like, so it's like, I had nothing. He's like, like, then I started buying Cadillacs. 
He's like, so I bought this Cadillac and then I bought another Cadillac. But he's like, but there's only so many things I know how to do. And then he met some rich guy, a, a rich kid. And the rich kid was like, nah, bro, we're going to go to Breckenridge and we're going to go to Vail and we're going to go to New York and we're going to get a private jet and we're going to buy these clothes and we're going to go. He's like, and now I started realizing like how to spend money, like what money could buy. And it changed, like it totally like changed everything. And, and that's lucky for him because I never had so you that. didn't have that. Guy. I didn't have that introduction. All right. So that led to the events led to me doing a lot of traveling, doing a lot of traveling led to Delta had the upgrades because I was in the 10,000. I was doing a 10,000, 100,000 miles in a year. So now I was of able course. to actually fly in first class. Of course. You know, which like I've a, never flown in first class. Oh, my. Yes. A big difference. So when that happened, I'm kind of like, what in the world? Have I been exposed to? Like, I can't, I can't go back to coach with with the peasants. If I could get an upgrade. (laughs) Are you serious? If I can't get an upgrade, I don't want to go. But they would give me upgrades ahead of time. Oh, Mr. Such and such. Anyway, you know, it's a whole story behind that. I never even told you, but so I I would get automatic upgrades to first class. So what that, what that led to is one of the trips I was on, um, I was leaving and I think I was I was leaving and um, Anthony Robbins was having a seminar in town. So, by the way, like um, only job I had during this was West. Like what I didn't cover is um, I worked at West Telemarketing. Right. That was my only job. And I end up like I had so many people's names. Right. I am listening to okay, you. No I'm problem, listening. No I'm listening. I'm sorry. No it's worked. And then I forget that I could be talking to the camera. I talk to those people. Yeah, I'm not important. I've heard this. <laughs> All right. So I, at some point I had so many people's names, right, that um, I, I quit. I think I bought a bulk of tapes. I don't I, need you guys anymore. <laughs> but that was the, o- the only reason I ever like, like, and, and I forgot this. I, I quit everything else. Like I didn't need any other jobs. So I only went there because I needed to gather names. So now it became imperative that I'd be on there. And then I realized that I started turning in like like I, I my focus was altering the the tapes. So I took a uh, uh another job in the quality assurance department. Nice. So that I can get to the tapes and then not be mine. So in the quality assurance and then I realized, you know, they kept tapes forever. Right. So I'm like, "Oh, Cool. So I just stole racks of other people, you know. So I'm I've got me a a, a, a vault of tapes, like With when people, I looked people talking to customers and they're giving them all their information right. over the phone. Here's my name. Here's my date of birth. Social and then at, at that time, credit bureaus were very lax. All I had to do was one application, like put in an application at a different address, and they would update the address in the in the file. And like, there's no notification. No, so like there's, there's none these of people that. Aren't, this, is, this is all. This is the '90s. This is Pre ID theft, so it's <sighs> good times. So, yeah, good. Time. <laughs> Very easy. So once I discovered that, I'm like, I don't need this job anymore. I've like I went through because different people working for suckers. Yes, <laughs> I went through and there's there's I had over 300 different people's credit files on the tape to the point where like during one of my arrests when they searched my house. Right. And took me to jail when I came back. Like everything's gone but the tapes. <laughs> it's like, cool. <laughs> like, we're going to take everything you stole that can ID, I connect you to those people. OK, except for the one thing that connects you to those people. <laughs> so, nice. 
All right. Thank, so, thank God for cops. Yeah, thank God. So I realized I quit the job and um, I moved to Atlanta. So like living like I'm like, what's the purpose of living in Texas anymore? So I moved to Hotlanta just to because I think I met somebody. It, it's, a, it's a lot to transpire. And so I met someone. I moved to Atlanta and now I'm living in Atlanta and I'm flying. Anthony Robbins is doing a concert, is doing a, a weekend premiere in Atlanta. OK, so I've read his book, Personal Power. I took the little course and I'm like, oh, I would love to go to that. So I called for tickets and they're like, OK, it's like six thousand dollars. I said six thousand. What? The six is six grand. They go. But think about this. You're going to be spending. You're going to get 15 quality hours of Anthony Robbins talking to you. I'm like, well, but, that's worth me giving you this <laughs> other guy's credit card information. No, I still didn't think it was worth it. So I get on a flight. I don't know where I'm, I'm going somewhere. It's first class, you know, and I'm drinking my champagne and eating my smoked salmon. And I'm sitting next to a guy that's. <laughs> what, what is that noise in the back? <laughs> is that coach? Someone close that curtain. <laughs> Keep those peasants quiet, please. So I'm, horrible, I'm sitting there and we're talking about Anthony Robbins. And he's like, he goes, dude, I went to one of those seminars. He was a Changed sales. my life. That's why I'm sitting in first class. He was a sales rep for Plus. Yes. For a company called Plus. It's a credit processing company for Visa and MasterCard. And he said he makes about a quarter of a million a year. I said, what? They're based out of the French Riviera. Did you say, where are you stealing all that money? <laughs> no, no, I have a legitimate job. You mean they they pay you to process credit cards? Me, please. But he was telling me how Anthony Robbins changed his life. I'm like, how the hell did Anthony Robbins change your life? He said, I went to a seminar and I met my boss there at the seminar. So, like, so, so got, Anthony Robbins didn't change it. I just met the guy that would pay yeah, me a quarter exactly. of a million. Exactly. I'm like, okay. that's just a twist of faith. Yeah. He goes, well, ask yourself one question. Who else is paying $6,000 to go see Anthony Robbins? Right. Okay. Yeah. So, so you're meeting a bunch of rich people that are motivated. Yes. So I'm like, huh. So I paid the $6,000 to go see Anthony Robbins. So it just so happened he was recruiting for his train the trainer project that he had going on. So you're there and and Anthony Robbins is pulling people from the crowd to tr to come work for him. Right. Well, train. he's yeah, like he's saying who those that are interested right in in my personal where I'll be training multiple corporations on how to train people. Right. So how many people was he hiring? Uh tw 12. So he said I need I need 11 11 white guys and a black guy. Well, he needs 10 guys, one female, and one black guy. There you go. Okay. <laughs> and somebody told, that looks he Hispanic. Me, he told me, he goes, he goes, I always felt like I was a token. I was a token. So was the girl. No. So was the girl. And the girl was hot. I'm talking. Well, he didn't hire you because you're hot. He surely, well, I became hot. But anyway. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Get him out of here. He, he's smoking. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. All right. So, <clears throat> sorry. Yeah, let's get serious. Okay. So, yes. So, he was pulling dynamic people. He wanted to interview them. So, I interviewed. And you. And me. Plus yeah, you. Yeah, dynamic people and Plus some a black guy. And a black guy. <laughs> and a white girl. <laughs> and a white girl. Get me a hot white chick, a black guy, and 10 dynamic people. And I dare the NAACP to say, shit. <laughs> so, he interviewed me. <laughs> See, okay. And I got the job. 
So Anthony Robbins himself interviewed you. Well, no, there was a it was it was a like a five tier four right. or five tier interview process. Okay, well, it took about four months. You know, and then Anthony Robbins himself called and said, congratulations, you've been hired. You're like, no. So we, well, I went to his Fiji house twice where they had training. And he's like, this is blah, 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 opportunity of a lifetime. This is what you're going to be covering. Multiple companies. I'm paying you like it was like over 10 grand per month. It's like a $100,000 a year job. He's like a fo- giant, right? Yes. He's, he's, huge. he's like six, six. Fuck. Huge, full of energy. Smiling all the time and the most upbeat, positive person ever. I mean, he knows exactly what to say to make you feel. Yeah, well, like, he's six foot six. I'd be fucking thrilled too. <laughs> yeah, my my challenge, my vertically challenged friend. So he's a foot taller than me. Yes, fucker, I hate that fucker. I don't so, even like tall people. <laughs> so I get this job in the midst of me living off of theft. So I'm living off of fraud. Right, and, and you're then still I get, using cards. Yes. And, I'm, and I get a $100,000 a year job. So I'm literally stealing my clothes and, and I'm, I'm stealing money. I'm, I'm on a consistent basis of stealing money, right? When I was struggling and working two jobs. And none now, of this has caught up to you. No. Directly to my mailbox. Directly to my mailbox in, in Texas. Directly to my mailbox in Georgia. Wow. And I'm multiple people. Depositing uh, uh, convenience checks into your account. Directly into my account. Did they have it coming? You know that? No, I, like I a, 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 AT&T, that. AT&T Universal Card. Like they just have it coming. <laughs> You're just slaxed. I'm, I'm, I'm slamming them. I'm, I'm doing other cards. Citibank. Now I'm pulling their credit reports and I'm like, oh, let me get his. Oh, he doesn't use his Citibank? I'll use it. Of course. Oh, he's got a $30,000 um, MBNA? I'll never. Like MBNA was giving like. 80, 90 grand in credit. People would never even touch it. It's only right. It's only right. So I was yoke. I'll take this one, this one. And I'm, I'm living off and I'm just Alex, blowing. I'll, I'll take a Visa, a MasterCard, and an American Express. <laughs> for 2000 yeah. I'm living off of all of that. And then and pocket, pocketing the Anthony Robbins money. Well, the Anthony, my, my, my fascination is when I was working two jobs and struggling, I couldn't get a handout for nothing. Couldn't qualify for food stamps, none of that. All right. So then I just live off of complete fraud, and then I get an Anthony Robbins job worth $100,000, a job I would have never gotten, you know, just in, in the normal thick of things. He was, uh, you had to pay $5,000 to even be possibly introduced to that. So, yeah, I got that job. So I'm stealing clothes from Land's Inn. I've got mono, monogram shirts with my initials on it. On the pocket and everything, I'm wearing flying fucking first, first yes, four or five thousand dollars suits, flying first class all around the world, training people for about a year's time. Well, nice. as you say, after ordering everything directly to my door, it finally caught up to me. No, yes. How that happened? How did they track you down? But by, <laughs> by, by the way, did you know? Did you know? I so I talked. You know, I was interviewed by a bunch of psychiatrists and stuff, right? Now, so I was also listening. I've been listening to different things on IQ, right? And I listened to a guy named Jordan Peterson. Do you know who that is? No, he's a professor in in Canada. And what you know, he was talking. He was talking about IQ and like what it means and how they they use your the IQ um, tests for different right. things. <laughs> this killed me, but it seemed it, it also made a lot of sense after having to deal with them. So. He was like, you take these aptitude tests and, or an and IQ test, and that like the military wants people 
that have an IQ between like, they're like 80, he goes 80 and 100. And, I, and it was like, why? Because they're okay with doing simple tasks. He said under 80, he goes, and they can't complete the task. Over 100, and they question what you're asking them to do too much. So mm -hmm. it's between 80 and 100 is what the, the perfect soldier is because he'll just follow simple orders and won't look too much into it. Right. You hire too much, you know, a little too high, and they start going, should we really wipe out the entire village? I mean, is that the right morally thing to do? You know, it's <laughs> like, okay. The, but the guy at 90 will be like, kill them all. Yeah. Um, That's the order. Right. <laughs> Law enforcement is between 100. It's like 100, and I think it was like, or was it between 90 and like 110? Because the problems are a little bit more complex. But if there's more than 110, then they overthink it. And you know, like he was explaining the whole thing, and I was like, that makes a lot of sense after dealing with law enforcement. And, <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, the average high school student, by the way, has 100 IQ. Right. So I thought, what do COs have? <sighs> like, where do COs fall? They have to fall in the soldier range, right? Not that I have any problems with 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 military. God bless the military. Don't. Well, well, these are the don't. people that don't qualify, right? The COs. No. These are the people who don't qualify for military or police, right? Yeah. Well, a lot of the COs had been in the. You ever notice a lot of yeah. COs had been in the military and they've yes. gone straight to become a CO because they couldn't qualify for police. to become a police officer. Ah. Right? Because you ever notice that? Like they like I, they couldn't pass the test. They couldn't qualify pass the psych exam. I love the guy that can't. He can't be a, a police officer, but he can be a CO. So where you have complete control over someone. Yes. So anyway, but I'm sorry. I thought but that they was feel it's regulated. But go ahead. Right. So track being able to track you down. Right. Was the guy that probably was at the top scale at 110. <laughs> well, let's see. I, All of these go to this address. <laughs> what do you think, John? Well, <laughs> I'm thinking we check that address out. <laughs> let, me, let me let me clumsily, because I'm going to tell you something. Where I was living in Atlanta, it was a, like a little small apartment complex, right? It was a townhouse complex. And the lady up front and I were very, I think we went to lunch a couple of times. It was an older lady. She was very nice. We talked and I, I brought her lunch and a couple of times, like I, I said, hey, this is a, there was a nice little um, banquet, like a little, a little place across the street to eat. They had bagels and different things. So I said, hey, let's go over there and grab something to eat at lunchtime. I, I, anyway, it's, it's all a long story. So one day, as I come in, right, she opens the door and she waves me. I'm like, huh? Anyway, she tells me, she goes, you know, a detective came by here asking who lived there. Ooh. And I remember thinking, huh, do you know, how, that's how dumb I was. I'm like, eh, probably nothing. <laughs> <laughs> After having all those cars go to my house, yeah. I'm like, eh, I don't see any problem. I'm an upstanding citizen. I work for Tony Robbins. Rob exactly. I don't see any problem with that. Meanwhile, I've got $80,000, $90,000 in the bank. Easily could have went to the house, grabbed everything, and not come back. Right. No. I'm like, eh. If it was a problem, he would have probably contacted me or waited. Three weeks later, they, they come barging into the house and like, hey, you're under a friggin' rest. What? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that, that shows my stupidity also. So Because I got a ample warning. Uh, who lives there? They want to know my name and everything. Yeah, she told me that. She told me that. And instead of me reacting to it, I'm like, eh, just, you know, like my federal arrest. 
So, so you got arrested by the local, by the uh, what? Um, the who arrested? Just the local cops? Yeah, local police officers arrested me for fraud. They searched my Atlanta, house. Atlanta PD. Atlanta PD. The feds came in because I was ordering stuff from a company called Lands In. Like my name in Lands In is infamous. I ordered from them, like I probably. 25 different people's credit cards. I'm ordering shirts with IKA. So anytime IKA gets ordered, they weren't allowing it. That's how much I terrorize them. So they come in and the FBI just takes my shirts. And they're they're telling they're telling them, well, it's the dumbest thing ever. We're we're, we're, we're you these don't belong to you. Yeah. We're sending them back to land in. Yeah, like, so what? They can sell them to other guys with the initials. <laughs> my size? Yeah. I'll just order them again. But no, <laughs> make sure they're marked. So, yeah, the FBI came in and searched the room, and they were kind of like, well, we're not going to pick you up this time. They fingerprinted me and said, well, we're not going to get you this time. Yeah, well, That's they what they told yeah, me. They haven't, they haven't indicted. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, they didn't indict you. They, like, they're just processing the whole thing, but they're, they're going to let that be. It's a small crime. They're going to let the locals handle it. Small, small crime. It had to at least be seven people at that address in Georgia. Listen, saying, I don't, I don't understand where they get small because what they charged me with was probably like eight. It came up to about thirty three hundred dollars, like where I used the card in that county. That's right. all I got charged with. But but like I'm saying to myself, that card had sixty thousand dollars. So I might have used the last three grand to pay for dry cleaning and stuff like what about how'd all those checks? How they calculate? You don't know. You don't know, but you didn't ask. Yeah, you don't look a good person. Yeah, so I'm in. I'm in jail with no bond. So when that happens, my mom drives up from Florida with my sisters and my nieces and nephews because I didn't have a bond. Anyway, long story short, I end up doing six months on that pedally charge. It took two weeks to get a bond. You don't have a bond. I didn't have a. Like, like, I didn't have a bond I got for a two weeks. Ni- Ninety thousand dollars in the bank. Let me pay off the cards. <laughs> Let me pay it back. Exactly. No. For anyway, for two weeks, I didn't have a bond. Like they're like, we don't know. He's a horrible flight. Anyways, it was it was yeah, ridiculous. I know, yeah, I know. You're an it was, it was, it, was a re- it was ridiculous. We paid an attorney five thousand dollars, and he got me a like a fifty thousand dollar bond on three thousand dollars worth of card theft. Right. It was it was ridiculous. Anyway, I ended up doing six months county time for that, those charges, right? And so I lost everything in that, that period of time. Well, when I got arrested and bonded out, that's when I told you Anthony Robbins called. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, and, 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 so Anthony Robbins finds out that you've, he finds out that you've been, you said you tried to get out, you got out before he, right? so that he, they didn't really miss you. And then well, it suddenly, was two, two, two weeks, yeah. And then suddenly he calls. Yes. Well, he, no, I got, you know what it was? I pled guilty and I had to turn myself in. So once I pled guilty is when he called. But I was missing for two weeks. Like okay. I was ill. And then I noticed you were, that you my... Were ill? Yeah, that's, that was... Uh, yeah. yeah. That, and then I noticed my assignment slowed down to where like I used to be gone for... I was gone for two weeks, home for a week, gone for two weeks. That's how it went. I would bounce around. Now I'd be gone to do one training and then I'd come back. Right. And they were flying you. They, they flew you to All like over the uh, world. Australia. Yes. Japan. Yeah, you told me what where... It, like uh, um, Austria, Australia, the UK, um, um, like every England, England, which is the UK, um, Italy, right, and Spain. I, I visited about twenty countries, Japan, and I had interpreters. Like, it's a great it, job. It was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. It, <laughs> I, I don't. I could spend an hour and a half on that. Yeah, I, I think I don't know if I. Yes. Yeah. It was Too unbelievable. Bad you fucked that up. Go ahead. 
Sorry. So anyway, and now I wasn't going out of the country. I just noticed that my workload was a great deal less. Yeah. Like I'm not going to Spain yeah. now. When I got out, my schedule was gone. Now you're just going to go to San Diego and train. Now you're just going to fly, you know, up to, you're going to drive up to Tennessee. You, you know what I'm saying? You're, yes. you're not going as far. You're just going to do these local ones. Yeah. They're right, because you're starting to—they're tapering down. They're still probably trying to figure out what to do with you. Like, right. what do we do? Right, because I—I got—I guess I got the. Char- I don't know how they know or what they know, you know. And, and listen, to Anthony Robbins—he's plugged in. He's you plugged. Know? He might have been, or the, maybe the cops, you know. Because I—I did hear one of them ask me, or I remember like somebody saying something or asking me about it, and I'm like, not really. I, I kind of downplayed it, but I think somebody called the company and whatever. So they taper me down. So I plead guilty. I got three weeks to turn myself in. So I'm about to take a six months. Like I'm trying to maintain this job. Yeah. Right. And so he calls me up and he's kind of like gives me the I'm fine. He fired me personally, you know, and he's telling me how, you know, this perfect record that he wanted to maintain, you know, he picked the top. So because I wanted to describe the motivational speech firing. Because it's it, that's a unique quality that Anthony Robbins has. I can fire you motivationally, you know. So you, nice. so the the outline was kind of like you know, everyone dreams has aspirations, you know. My aspiration was to put together a dynamic team that would gel and be together for at least five or ten years. That's going to take over the world when it comes to training and change the face of training and outlook. A very diverse, dynamic team. That's not a goal I was able to reach. And I'm sure your goal, <laughs> you know, was to make a lot of money, get an opportunity to meet a lot of different people from a lot of different companies, right? So even though we're not going to make that goal, let's talk about what we've accomplished along the way to this point. Look <laughs> at Anthony Robbins. This like, is awesome. Listen, think about you met the leader of the Kodak company. This is someone you trained some of his top people. You did that. There are success stories in every training you've done. This guy is breaking down what I've accomplished. And he's telling me, if you look back at what you've done in this past year working with me, I'm sure there's a thousand opportunities that far exceed this one. I'm going to let you chase those opportunities. I'm doing you a favor. (laughs) I can't believe I'm going to do this favor for you and let you go to chase those opportunities. And, and so I'm going, but I'm kind of happy where I am. And he's like, well, <laughs> some things my company can't, you know, he's like, there's some things he can't accept. You know what I'm saying? Doesn't mean they're wrong. I just can't accept them. <laughs> so look at this as an opportunity for you to expand what you've got going on and chase dreams that you've created for yourself. I'm going to hang this phone up. I'm not your boss anymore, but God damn it. <laughs> he didn't say dick. He didn't say that. He's like a good Christian or something. Yeah, yeah. He goes, but damn it. Gosh. I know. Gosh, gosh darn it. it. I'm going to see you in a higher position in the next couple of years. Heck yeah. Next time I'm getting 16 years <laughs> instead of just six months. Feds, baby. <laughs> he hung up that phone and I'm like. I'm going to go on to great things. I'm. I'm right after I do this six months in the county. <laughs> God. Matt, that was, when I tell you that was an outstanding firing. <laughs> <laughs> it never felt so good. 
It just went, it took me to heights that you couldn't really. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. But he did it personally. I have to give him credit for that. So, I mean, but yeah, that was the end of that job. You know, I received a um, separation package, which which is amazingly timed because I think like he called and I think that same day the package showed up. So he's like, hey, hey, get him on the phone before that damn thing shows up. <laughs> anyway, but um, yeah, I got let go from that job. I did my time. I lost everything. I had money, but I lost everything. So when I got out of my six months, I moved to Florida with my mom to kind of start over. This starts the, the new chapter where I met my wife now. Nice. <laughs> not wife so we, not wife now. No, well, not wife now. Yeah, wife then. Your, yeah. your ex-wife now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after multiple arrests, I moved. Well, after that arrest, I bonded out. I, or not bonded out. I got out of my six months, lost everything, moved back to Florida to live with my mom in Sarasota. Right. So when, when I did that, you know, I kind of... Um, got odd jobs. I got through temporary agencies. One of them was working for the cable company, the local cable company, where I was able to pick up more credit card numbers and more people's profiles. The so, cable company. Is this the one where you were taking a shower and you saw the boxes? Or is that no, later? no, no, no. That happens a little bit later. That, okay. that, that becomes relevant here. Okay. So I, I, I got back. I went to work for the cable company. So obviously I wasn't done doing what I was doing. So um, I still had some information, but when I went to the cable company, I was able to get access to more people's information when I was in, in, in living in Sarasota. So I began doing credit card fraud. What I always tell people is credit card fraud always has been... <laughs> Matt, what are you doing? You think I'm I can telling tell you, I'm, like, I'm just saying you can see where it's focusing on because the square is on this. The square is right here. No, the square is on your head. Yes. On your head. Only because I took it off of him. Anyway, can you see it on the screen? I'll, I'll talk okay. to you guys because talking so, to okay. him. Listen, I'm just worried about quality control. Okay, quality QA. <laughs> Come on, go ahead. Okay, what are you QC. doing? What are you taking so long for? All right, so I, what I, all right. Now I completely lost my train. No, you were working for the cable company. Right, I was working for the cable company, stealing more people's information. That's what she said. And 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 committing fraud. Uh, obviously, I got a, a kind of addicted to credit card fraud. But my what I've come to learn is that credit card fraud is the reason why I was a Category Six or career criminal because I got arrested for it every time I did it. Right. Every time I did any minor credit card fraud just to order and have extra stuff, I ended up going to jail. It's just it's just one of my downfalls of life. So I moved back with my mom. I had finally got my own place. I had put my life together enough, but I had stole probably ten, fifteen thousand dollars until Wait, you do understand it's not every time. What do you mean? No, it's not every time. Okay. I'm just saying that's an exaggeration. Yeah, <laughs> Let's face it. Right. Yeah, I still, I stole, you know, 150 IDs and use 100, use multiple cards uh, thousands of times, and you get caught once, and you say every time yeah. I do that. Yeah. All right. So I ended up going to jail for multiple credit card fraud. Anyway, I moved back with my mom. I started over. I went to jail. Did another six months. Well, for what? Another credit card fraud? Yeah, just credit card fraud. Of um, when I went to jail, I got out. Then my mom moved me to Tampa. So I moved to Tampa to live with my aunt. This be, all this is relevant 
because like these are my arrest in, in, in Florida. There's stories behind them, but, you know, I don't want to get into each one. All right. So once I got out of jail in Sarasota, I went to went to Hillsborough County. In Hillsborough County, I lived with my aunt and I got a job at uh, an electric supply company, which is a company that provides supplies for all electricians, mostly in the Tampa area. Um, it was paying about seven dollars and fifty cents per hour. So I got a, I had a girlfriend when I went in. She abandoned me while, while I was doing my seven or eight months in Sarasota County. When I got out, I wanted another girlfriend, you know, of course, it yeah. wet, wet my appetite. <laughs> so um, I, I think I hooked up with one of these dating. It, at the time, it was it wasn't sites. They were phones like live links where you call. Right. Right. OK, this is where I had the honor of meeting the 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 wife that went with me. So I I'd call. Are we, are we saying her name? <laughs> You should call her right now and ask if we can say her name. Let's call you her have right a, now. You have let's, her number? No, of course I don't. But let's hold. Let, well, I'm not going to say it. Let's let's uh, let's um, hold on. I'm going to have you. You want to punch in the number, or do you not know the number? I not know the number. It's on my other phone. You want to grab my other phone? All right. All right. Bye. Jeez. Ooh. Woo. So. You met this chick, Madison, <laughs> met this chick, Madison yes, on this, <laughs> whatever live links. So whatever it was, a phone live call. Link. So she, so Li- she, li- was it live links? It was that live links. Yes. Like, see, yes. they don't know that the millennials, like the young, they don't oh, know. Well, it was, it was a dating service before there was internet. Well, during it, before internet dating service and apps, I met her on where you'd call this number and you get to talk to single ladies and the single lady, you leave a recording and a well, lady will leave you a recording. Using ladies is a little bit. Loose. I loosely leave the term. So, so her and I hooked up and we're talking on the phone. And needless to say, anyway, what, what had happened was I was living with my aunt. Right. So I just got out of jail. I was supposed to have lost everything. Unfortunately for me, I still had the capability of getting rental cars just because even. You didn't right, go over the rental car thing. Well, as I told you before, the rental car thing kind of predates. No, I didn't. Right. So, didn't. so basically, you were basically by this point you were able to rent. By this point, you were able to rent rental. You had figured out how to rent rental cars without paying any money, without paying for them, and then actually, then you would have drug dealers give you like a thousand dollars, and you would. Well, rent that them a that car. was always a kind of a side hustle. I always thought of that as my come up. Right. Like if I need a thousand dollars, I could rent. Give me, I'll give you a rental car for 30 days. Give me $400. Right. So I do that like twice or three times and now I got a thousand dollars. Okay. You know, and I was able to do that. All that came when I was, all that developed when I was traveling and going where I was going and renting a car. When I started using the executive services, like the, the, the pay, well, you don't have to pay. You just land and the car is waiting. Right. Right. Well, just Setting up for that made me realize that when I call and gave my card number, I didn't actually have to give my card number. Right. You know, I'm I'm like, I could actually give someone else's card number or like I would get there and they would say, hey, your card declined. And I'm like, I don't have another card on me. So I would actually leave and go into a booklet I had with card numbers and get on the phone and change the number. Right. And then go back and pick up the rental car. Oh, it, it works now. You know, so like discovering that system let me to know that, hey, I can manipulate the hell out of this. Right. So I had started doing that. So at the time, I had just got out of jail. I'm living with my aunt. I'm not supposed to have any money. I meet this girl on the phone. 
named Madison, mm-hmm. and she invites me to come over. So I'm like, hey, I, you know, I'm going over there. I might get lucky. Right. Unfortunately, I didn't get lucky the first day, but <laughs> some want to hold out. Some they want, want you to, to think out. they're a nice girl. <laughs> I know it's a game. All right. Anyway, uh, so what happened was I wanted to go see her. She lived in St. Petersburg. I'm in Tampa, so I wanted to go see her, and I didn't have a transportation. So what I did was I used my ability and how I store card numbers. It's a, it's amazing because a lot of times what the police don't realize is my like if I was a bank robber or I was a robber and my tool to rob was a gun, obviously when I get a gun, I can rob. Right. Well, unfortunately, my tool to rob was information. So what was always bizarre is whenever I got out of jail, I could go over to the clerk's office and just ask for the evidence in my case. And they go, oh, yeah, here you go. And it would just be all the information that I had put down on paper that they confiscated. Right. Oh, Your Honor, here's evidence where he had people's names, socials, date of birth, and card numbers, Your Honor. 20 or 30 of them right there. So I'm like, yeah, yeah thank you. And I'd get out and I'd just grab that back and go back to work on it. Right. <laughs> I'd call and see which ones were still valid. Oh, yeah, that's good. Okay. And then I would use them to rent a car. Right. So I did that that day and rented a car to go see her. The problem was I was living with my aunt and I didn't have any money. So I didn't want my aunt to see that I had a rental car. So what I did with her, like the second or third time I saw her, we went out on a date, we went to grab something to eat. Second or third time I saw her, I just told her, I said, hey, listen. Because I told her I was just out of jail. Right. Right. And so she's she didn't care. She's like, I don't care. So it's no problem. We can still kick it. So... I told her, well, look, I'm out of jail and I rented this car and I can't really explain to the people I live with how I have a car. So I have to park it around the corner. Right. How about you just hold on to the car? Right. Right. And I will. I think that's me. That's me. Oh, I will just like come like I'll take the bus. I took the bus to work. So I'll take the bus to work. And when it comes time to see you, you just come get me and we'll hang out. And You can just come drop me off. Right. So basically, I'm just giving her a rental car, you know, to drive around and I'm putting gas in it. So like she later told me that that's how like I reeled her in because she's kind of like this guy just gave me a 2005. This was 2004, 2003. Right. Rental car. Like he doesn't even know me. Yeah. (laughs) And now I'm driving around in the the frigging up to date new brand new car (laughs) with a booming system. So that's kind of how I hooked her in. So needless to say, we kind of hit it off and, and and we're dating. At the time, I'm on house arrest because obviously I've got charges in Sarasota. They let me out on house arrest. So I'm supposed to be staying at my 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 aunt's house. So somehow I put up enough. I got enough money together on a couple of paychecks. I got like five or six hundred dollars. I got like a thousand dollars or something saved up. Right. I forgot right. how I probably. Anyway. I had that money saved up, so I want to get my own place. So she takes me around in my rental car and helps me find my first place. So obviously it's a place that her and I are going to hang out. So we find my first place. I buy a little bit of furniture and, and, and move in and living there. So now that I'm there, she doesn't have to drive all the way to St. Pete home and back. So we're, we're together a lot. Right. All right. So obviously I'm still doing, what I, doing crimes. Doing what I do. Doing what I do to make money. And so this exposes, because she hasn't, she's never done anything like this. Right, right. You know, she's just. You corrupted her. I remember that was an issue with her parents. (laughs) Yes. 
So my baby. Yes. So because I'm I'm she doesn't she doesn't do what I do. And so I'm doing what I do. And she's like around and kind of like that's like asking questions kind of like because one thing I was doing for money is I when I dealt with drug dealers, this is back in the the date when prepaid phones came out. Right. You remember that where you buy phone minutes, you buy the card and reload the phone. Yeah. This is how drug dealers. This is how when they start introducing phones to people without excellent credit. Right. Because remember, you could only you only way you would get a cell phone is you had good credit. Yeah. So yeah. they kind of said, well, why don't we offer phones to everybody and we'll just give them prepaid phones. So drug dealers got prepaid cell phones and they put minutes on. They get one hundred dollars and get like 50 minutes or something on their phone. But you could also put minutes on the phone with a credit card. So what I told drug dealers is, hey, I'll put $100 worth of minutes on your phone for 50 bucks. Right. I think I was charging 30 bucks. I was really undercutting myself. So they'd be like, what? Yeah, give me $30 and I'll put $100 worth of minutes on your phone. So I probably built up a customer base of about 10 people. So I had a source of $300 a week. Right. So they're calling me up. I just I'll never forget this because I thought it was unusual. So my phone would ring. I'd be somewhere and my phone would ring and she'd answer the phone and she'd go, hey, some dude named Meatball called and said that he doesn't have any more phone minutes. I'd be like, oh, OK, thank you. So she'd be like, uh, why is Meatball calling you when he don't have phone minutes? <laughs> like, why call you if he's out of phone minutes? Right. You know what, I'm what do you got minutes in your pocket or something? Kind of. Here's a couple of them for him. So I kind of told her about what's going on. And like, like any good, she said, I can't be involved in this. I can't be around you. I don't think we should see each other anymore. Like every good girl does. Of course. That's exactly what she did not say. (laughs) She was absolutely down. As a matter of fact, she said, you know, I happen to know of a couple of drug dealers in my city in St. Pete. We could actually expand the business from 10 to maybe 60 customers. Wow. (laughs) So she McDonaldized it. Yes, she did. Nice. As a matter of fact, it went You're from... You're trying to get by. It's really her fault. <laughs> exactly. It's your <laughs> fault. Madison. <laughs> Madison. <laughs> he this was happened. just trying to get by. That's right. I had my little catch of customers, but you had a treasure trove. She said, what if we just added a couple zeros to this? Exactly. We could start did, to do something. You know how funny it was? Because I would go to work, right? And I would come back home where like one Friday I got my paycheck for two weeks worth of work. And and they work you 40, 50 hours a week. So I had a two week paycheck with like 108 hours worth of work come out to like 680 bucks. So here's my check. I Oh, I got a $680 check. And she's like, wow, I just went to St. Pete and collected $4,000. So why don't we go out to eat on your check and... <laughs> The rest of the stuff will pay, you know what I'm saying? We'll live in it. I'll pay bills and then we'll go traveling. How does that sound? That became became the reality. It's kind of like we were paying bills. It's like everything criminal that I could do, her knowledge enhanced it to add zeros at the end. Right. So So her induction was kind of like, that's a good idea. And if we did this, whoo-wee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so her whoo-wee is what lifted us up. So she was full on board. 
So we did a bunch of different things. Like we took um, card numbers and we could pay other people's bills and just charge them 50%. So if you owe um, $700 on your electric bill, I could pay that bill and you just give me 350. So I'm covering your bill, you do have. Now what, what led to that was I had a treasure trove of what, corporate. What, can I say something? What's funny about that is like, I, like people now don't realize that 20 years ago, so 20 years ago, if I had a one bedroom apartment, based on dollar of 20 years ago, my one bedroom apartment, my water, my electric bill was 150 bucks. Yes. Okay. You know what my electric bill is here? What? Every month is, it's like between 35 and $45. Yes. So people don't realize like, like if you tell someone like uh, that, 15 years ago, yes. Yeah, yeah, they, they think that they're like, are you, how could you, because the energy efficiency was so vastly different. But if you yes. talk to some kid who's now 35 years old, he wasn't paying any bills 20, 15 years ago or 20 right. years ago. Right. So when you tell them that they're like, yes. what do you mean you're for, for a one bedroom? It was 150. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was 150. And that's me shutting off the shutting stuff off constantly. I leave yeah. everything on here. Yep. My worst electric bill here has been like forty-eight bucks or something. Yes, it's it's vastly different. Right, was, and it, cooling a house was two or three hundred dollars a month. Right, so you having some guy who's got a four hundred or six hundred dollar bill, he's got a if he had a three bedroom, two bath house, it's it could be six hundred. Oh my bucks. god, they were threatening to, to turn them off um, constantly. It it but but so what happened was we got our hands on a treasure trove of corporate credit card numbers. Nice. <laughs> it worked from the electric. <laughs> company that I was working at just so happened one of the um and I, I blame this one of the conditions of my house arrest was I had to attend this class on a Thursday evening so because I got off work at five I'd have to go directly from work to the class I never had a chance to go home and at work I sweat like a pig and I didn't want to go sweaty right so what happened was they said hey there's a shower upstairs in the little there's a storage area and there's a shower so i'm like cool i'll take a shower unfortunately that shower room lets no ventilation or air in so when you're in a hot shower and you get out you're like you're like uh, uh, like there's no air because of steam right so you have to open the door just to breathe so i'm in that shower area getting dressed and it's just a storage area it's a bunch of boxes and stuff and as i'm putting on my shoes i happen to look up and I saw a box, this is like 2004. I saw a box that said credit card receipts for 2003. So I'm putting my shoes on and I'm thinking to myself, there's no way there's credit card receipts in that box for last year. That's just not. You really are an employer's worst fucking nightmare. Yes, I, I am. Mean, any, any employer who hired him ever got shafted. Oh, you've got the universal people. You've got the cable people. You've got this company made a mistake. Yes. Wow. Yes. Like there is, there is no way. No, no, no. Any position of trust <laughs> is out. Out of there. Listen, next to that box said copies of checks, all checks written for 2003. You thought, I just know there's not all the copies. Well, well you know, I'm thinking, well, when I went in the credit card box, I'm like, hmm. oh, dear God. Oh, dear what God. What have these people done? What have they done? So I just took half of July, 
out of the box. But by the time I was done, by the way, I think were empty. I, yeah, I, well, I think there was a couple of half months in there. Yeah, they, they came in like two years later. They had to go back and pull a receipt, and there was just a brick in a box. <laughs> <laughs> took it home, and like the folder I took home probably had a hundred, like I'd say two fifty, two hundred fifty credit card receipts, full numbers, expiration date, address, corporate cards. So by having that, like, first of all, that meant that we could get rental cars. And what is the term? And, and for Niam, what's the term for forever? Uh, uh, um, infinitely. For infin- a- infinitely, but they go add. For, there's, a, there's another word for it. I'll, I'll, someone, I'll think of someone will say it in the comments. Yes. <laughs> like, like rental cars now, like we would exchange a rental car because it was out of gas. We're like, hey, we don't like this car. Can we bring it in and exchange it? We'd have a rental car. Listen. Why not pay for fucking stop. gas? Why? When you well, can just get a brand new ride. With a Listen, full tank of gas. With a full tank of gas. Unbelievable. Listen, one time we turned in a, we had a rental car for six weeks and we turned it in. And when the guy, you know, when you turn in a rental car, they print the receipt right there. Right. The guy printed the receipt and go, here's your receipt, sir. And the receipt was like 8750 bucks. He's like, oh, my God. He goes, this has got to be a mistake. I said, just give me the receipt, man. Thank you. <laughs> give a fuck what that says. <laughs> oh, my God. Corporate cards. So I went to paying a lot of people's bills with corporate cards. Getting half of the money. Needless to say, between Madison and I, she had a bank account. She had about 90 grand in her account from just paying bills of people in St. Pete. I mean, that phone call she made to uh, Loveline or Hotline or whatever it was called, that was, that was a good investment. <laughs> that was a life changing. Life, yeah. Well, you know, women, I, I had to pay like $7 on somebody else's card to get in there. <laughs> She Makes, got in yeah. for free. It's unfair. <laughs> it's unfair, but that's what it's happened. It's a double standard. It's a double standard. That's what happened. So we went from that. So I'm trying to remember because at some point we went on the run, and I think somebody introduced some other fraud to us that kind of gained our interest, and we got caught up because I she went into a bank. We tried to cash a check, and they became a warrant out, I think, for my arrest. Um, and so we decided to go on the run and we ran to live in Atlanta. We just packed up our crap in a, in a rental car and dashed to Atlanta. So <laughs> we rented a rental car that you rented in, on a corporate card? Yes. Listen, I, I had infinite. Like, uh, <laughs> so each, the, the folders were like this thick, right? Right. And so it took a pay, each page had a, a number on it. So what we decided to do was we'll just write the numbers on a piece of paper. So like a folder had a full sheet. So like after about January, February, about June or July, we had like seven sheets full of card numbers. I'm like, okay, that's enough. That's, that's, that's plenty. And we just scratch them out as they, well, pick another number. Okay, let's uh, this one. It's just, <laughs> it was unbelievable. So rental car, we would do hotel rooms where we would fax copies of it, it. It was just it was 
if a, a card number was needed, we were able to provide the card number. Right. All right. So that's how we lived for about a month and a half. We met up with our tech guy that helped us out. His, his name was we, Neo. Right. And he enhanced. And Neo, you had met in during during your jail sentence, right? Yes. Yes. In 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 Cobb County. Right. Which always kills me is that they they lock you know, me up to they, prevent they, me. Yeah, they lock people like like it's you go to jail and you you meet if you meet a bunch of guys that are like minded, and if you don't change your attitude, then you just become a more lethal. Uh, criminal by yes. going to jail. Like you go to jail. Like I, I think I was. You know, when I went to prison, like I feel like now I had like a GED in fraud, because you know, I, and and I got out and I thought, boy, if I wanted to do it now, you, you know, be- America, America did a study, in, in like the nineteen. There was a point where America did a study on jails. And I'm gonna, I want to get the information for your subscribers, and they had people study the effects that jail has on criminals. Right. And just what you said, you know, this like this place is not going to stop crime. It actually promotes crime. Oh, yeah. It it makes you tend to like like my mindset. If I like the the, if at some point I say, hey, I'm you know, I'm saying like I'm I'm going to I'm going to start committing fraud. Like I'm going to be 10 times as dangerous. Yes. Especially like knowing how they calculate victims. Like I I always felt like I went out of my way to try to not have it, you know, hit any individuals. Like I felt like I, 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 in my mind, I was targeting banks. I was trying to like, I didn't want now doesn't matter if they're real people or banks or whatever. You're getting charged the same amount of money or the same amount. Like they're going to be, it's going to be just as harsh. So it's like, okay, so why spare anyone? And, 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 you know, like if you're not, if none of that's taken into consideration, well, then right. guess what? Like, now I'm just cutting everybody's throat, you know? And, and as far as, like, lo- how, how to launder money, like, my way of getting money out of the bank was you go in the bank, you get cash out. Right. Like, I, I had no idea of how to buy. Like, you can buy diamonds. You can buy yes. silver. You can buy or any type of precious metals. You can buy it from one place, walk across the street, sell it, get yourself a check, put it in a corporate account. I'm like, there's so many ways to launder money now. I know now. Never knew any of that before prison. So they, they, someone told America, like, that is the worst thing you could do is start incarcerating people. And America's like, ah, but it, it feels good. It does. It, but it, it gets us votes. So it, anyway, let, that's a whole other topic. So right. anyway, you were saying, so you got your credit, you got your stacks credit card, you, rent, you go on the run. You're on the run with Madison. With Madison. We had a, another friend named Chris that we were kind of supporting. And like we, we were all doing rental cars, we all kind of hustled together. Because when Madison and I left for Atlanta, Chris you mean and Neo, no, Neo okay. was Neo was the tech guy that I met in jail and that I hooked up back with, and he he helped the hotel, he helped everything we do because he took when whenever we faxed the paperwork for a hotel. The card was always too dark for you to read the numbers. Right. So we would write the numbers on the sheet. We did a primitive version. Neo said, you know what? I can, in Photoshop, make the identical card. Just give me a copy, the front and back of a Visa card, the front and back of a uh, MasterCard, the front and back of a Discover card, and the front and back of American Express. So we got him a, a front and back of all those cards and the front and back of an ID. So he made all that interchangeable. So now I can actually put the numbers on the front of the card and on the back of the card. And then fax it over to And then them. fax it over. That's what allowed us, whenever we faxed information over, like I just made up the number. So they've got the ID 
and a, and a, and a car. They think they've like when the hotel sees it's like, OK, cool. Now, a fax machine for you children <laughs> is a device that basically is like scanning. It's like scanning a document and then and you can, it. and then, but it automatically sends it. Yes. So you scan it as opposed to now you just take a picture with your, your phone and it, it's, yeah. But well, now your phone scans things. Yes. They don't know that. They don't know that. Oh, okay, They're so, young yeah. and they, they think they, listen, and, and, my, my, my favorite video is when the father asks these two kids who are like 14 and 15 years old, he gives them an old rotary phone and he says, dial this phone number. I think he tells them something like, I'll give you $100 if within the next five minutes you can figure out how to dial this phone number. And the kids are trying to dial the phone number on the dial with, with the rotary phone. Like they're like, okay, so the first number is like eight. So they eight, okay. Okay, now look, you hang it up. And then they hang it up. Okay, so, and, they, and, and the kid's like, no, no, no. He's like, no, you hang it up because that's like enter. That's like enter. <laughs> so like, it's like one enter. That's how they used to do Like they're trying to, and the fathers, like the, the, the adults in the room are going, this is insane. Like they can't use a rotary phone. <laughs> so you can imagine you say facts. People are like, I don't understand. Like <laughs> They can't use a rotary listen, phone. Listen, a, I want to see that video. Oh, it's hilarious. My friend Stacy said her friend went into the bank the other day to open a checking account for her son. And they pull out the card for him to sign the signature card. And the kid writes out his name. The, yeah. the guy goes, here, uh, you sign here. And he goes, okay. So he writes out his name. And he goes, no, no, you have to sign your name, your signature. And he goes, what's that? What do you mean? Because they don't teach cursive anymore. No. So the kid who's like 15 or 16 years old has no idea what a signature is. He's never, because you don't have to sign it. He writes his name. And they sat there. So the mother had to like go home and show him how to sign his name in cursive. Yeah, bro. Yeah. It's a I, different I, world. Horrible. It's a different world. <laughs> so yes, on the run. Yes, uh, this, uh, so we were on the run. I mean, we we all got caught caught up for this. Eventually, we we went to jail and did time in 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 in, in Georgia. Um, my you know Madison got a, a charge in Florida behind like getting a taxi with card numbers that I had. I mean, like we were. That's why I say the credit card fraud. So here, like, here's what kills me. So you guys have hundreds of thousands of dollars at this point. You've got a chunk of money. Yes, with the bill pay, we had a chunk of money. And you're still... Stealing. Hotel rooms. Never paid. Never paying with your own money. No. Ever. So ever. if it's 50 bucks, here, give them a credit card. If it's if we're going to the restaurant and it's $30, give them a credit card. Like, when you're directly involved, like, I've never done that. To me, it's like, here's my scam, and that's separate. I live as Matt Cox... And I pay all my bills with cash or with real money that's in a bank account that says Matt Cox. That's like I'm all my everything. If I go in, I'm buying a T-shirt or something. I use Matt Cox. I use, you know, it's it's always with the credit card that's in money. It's always me. I always separate those two things because I don't want one to link directly to me. Like if something goes wrong over there, I don't want it finding me here. Well, you know, you know who taught me that, Matt? Mm -hmm. A, A police officer. Because um, I got arrested because, just like I said, I used to have everything come to my house. Right. And so when I got the card numbers, initially my electric bill was due and they were going to turn it off. So I took a card number and I paid the electric bill. Right. So um, what happened is when the police officer came to my job and arrested me just to make sure I got fired, he put me in the car and he said, you're stupid. Excuse me? He goes, you're stupid. I go, what do you mean? He goes, you took a stolen card and paid your electric bill. Right. 
which means it made it very easy for me to track it down to you. He said, if you were smart, what you would have done was taken the stolen card, paid somebody else's electric bill, took that money and used it to pay your electric bill. Right. There and you I go. said, next time, next time you say, did you go? <laughs> I hear you. Yes. I'm with you. Yes. Next week when I bond out, that's what I'll do. On a scale that made me sixty thousand dollars. You're on the upper. You're on the upper part of that that IQ scale. scale. I can see that. You might have slipped in at one at one hundred and eleven. That's right. Thank you, sir. Changed up my whole. Because I'm thinking, I don't know why I didn't think about that. And that's what led to what I call the bill pay, where we were paying bills. Right. And it, it was so bad that. For Duke Electric in in St. Pete, uh-huh. that they they, thre- they threaten people like we will actually we won't turn your electricity back on unless you tell us who paid your bill. Right, and That's then how, yeah, they didn't they didn't because what had happened was there there were so many bills to pay that I actually hired runners, so I would pay like your producer I would pay him I say listen, find some people who need their bills paid, right, we'll charge them half of the amount of the bill. You get half, I get half. So if it's a four hundred dollar bill, you charge them two hundred dollars. You keep a hundred, I get a hundred. So right. now the people who don't even know me, they know a yeah, runner. If anybody's going down, it's Colby. Yes. Which and I'm okay with that. You're right. I mean, <laughs> if I have to sacrifice my freedom, I mean, if Colby has to sacrifice his freedom for, for me, me to get a hundred, get a hundred, me get one fourth of a bill, then what the hell? That's what's gonna happen. That's what's gonna happen. And life's and, about sacrifice, that's, Colby. And that's, that's what we did. That's what we did. All right. And, and, and that's what I was going to tell you is like, so we used junkies. This is. I could this hear is, Colby calling me on the phone. I'd be like, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Who is this? Don't call me anymore, criminal. <laughs> we used I go to hang it up. Like, you know, like it's like, like people, don't, people, people don't even know what that is. Like kids, like you're like, and then I, oh, I hung up the, and they're like, what do you? Like a kids. phone, like a they ask kids, like you could act like you're gonna call somebody, and they don't do this. They don't do this. Oh really? <laughs> so I'm talking to them. What's this? I've, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen <laughs> that. It's my cell phone. It's my cell phone. These <laughs> things suck to talk on the phone. Do you know how many times I, I turn around and I'm like doing all kinds of like my face is like it's checked it. it it's my face is jumped into my my uh, Wells Fargo app and I'm like I'm looking <laughs> through, I'm scrolling through. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I'm, I'm three months behind now and I'm like, what did I buy four months ago? <laughs> So, all right. Anyway, so I, I, this is where I learned that we can have runners and other people to do our bidding, which keep us at a safe distance. These are like, these are learning points that are happening as we are expanding what we're doing, which is kind of keeping us semi safe because we do, we do go to jail based on like um, our friend, Chris, that I was telling you about that followed us up there. He ended up going to jail and he ended up telling on us. No. Yes. Yes. Fucker. Fucking no good. snitch. No good. And and we were doing snitches. We yeah. We we did a six month up there. We did a six month. It's like six months was like my norm. That was how much say six months, six months. So we did a six month bid <laughs> up there. No, and I did. I'm gonna go ahead and sentence to you to six months. Yeah, six months. Right, right. That's always he taught me a lesson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I did six months. 
But anyway, I'm in and out of jail. And in, in that jail, one time I learned, some guy taught me about how to do the business checks. It's where he, he advised me that he would um, cash business checks. Somebody was bragging to cash business checks. They'd get them and kind of start, like they'd get a business check for like Ace Hardware, and then they would start something called Ace Hardware Delivery. And then they would take that business check and deposit it in their account, especially with like seven or $8,000. Right. I'm like, are you serious? He goes, yeah, just kind of come up with a company name that's close. Pay the 80, 90, 110 bucks to start the business, yeah. then open up a bank account and then just drop it in the account. I'm like, well, how'd you get caught? He goes, well, I opened up the business in my name and dropped it in the account. You're an idiot. Yeah, well, yeah. So if I can do that around, you know, I had ways around that. Right. But my key question to him was, well, where are you getting the business check? He goes, oh, I get them out of the mailbox. I'm like, what? Yeah, he goes, yeah, you drive to a business park and go in their mailbox. He goes, the, you just grab the business mail. I'm like, but that's at nighttime. It's like, dude, you don't know how businesses work. It's at night. It's dark. Yeah. What's the, he goes, you don't know how businesses work. I'm like, what do you mean? He says, the businesses check the mail in the morning. When they come in in the morning, that's when they grab the mail because the person who gets the mail actually processes the mail throughout the day. It's normally the receptionist that answers the phone. That's her job in the morning. She goes through the mail and gives the accounts receivable to accounts receivable, accounts payable to accounts payable. You know, and that's the checks are in there. Right. No. Or if there's if they're a company paying bills, they'll just take it and then at the end of the day they just drop it into the thing. That may not get picked up for a day or so. So I mean, open my that's what I'm saying. It, it was like, and so when I got out and Madison got out, we understood that and put that together and started doing that. So then to open up accounts, what I needed was somebody to open the account. So I didn't want to use their names. That's when we came up with the idea of like other inmates. Right. So while I was in there, one of the other things I did was- when you wrote the, le- the, 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 the form letter from the looking- yeah, That was one of them. Okay. Or okay. When, when I was in there, I was stealing people's identity anyway, because- well, do, t- tell, tell about how you were getting the identities from the inmate writing the letter. The P.O. box where you said- Well, I, I, did, I did multiple ways. I wrote form, like I did a letter saying that President Bush has offered the Second Chance Act- and we think that you qualify depending on whether you grew up below the poverty line. So, so, they, so write, th- they write a letter. Yes. They write a letter to yeah, that. From and, the Department and then, of Justice. And then you send it out send to it inmates. Send it out to inmates. Like five inmates in an institution, not a bunch. Just pick a couple of them. And then they'd send it in. They would mail guys, it to a PO box. With like 30 years or 20 years, <laughs> yes. life sentences, stuff like that. Been in for about 10, 12 years. Right. They'd mail it back. And we'd get the letter. Then we get letters from people who were, well, you know, I didn't receive a letter, but I think I grew up below the poverty. You know, so it was just a a ton of information, like where you were born, whatever we needed to get their birth certificate. Right. So you mailed the letter. Yes. Whatever. You mailed out. You said, like, I remember you told me, you said you mailed out like 100 of them or something. You thought you were going to get back. Maybe ten or twenty. Yeah. And how many did you get back? Like ninety-five. Really, probably about a hundred. <laughs> out of a hundred and something, you get back to like ninety-five. It, because everybody wants out of there. Like, yes, give me part of that act. Uh, and by the way, part of the the form that they had to fill out was their date of birth, social security number, yes. full name, mother, where they were born, mother, mother's all, name, everything mother's I needed mother's to name, get the everything you need to get their birth certificate and become them social security card and become them maybe register to vote in their name whatever what, you need whatever whatever it takes whatever it took and i be i became that person and that's the person despicable. who despicable i am that's the person who would start the business and i would drop the check 
And and so that's what we so we started using like drug what if users. That guy, what if that guy with the life sentence got an additional charge? Do you feel bad about that at all? Well, he has a life sentence. He can just, I mean, consecutive. I mean, you want to go to run it concurrent or consecutive? It doesn't matter. I'm not getting out. You know. So. So that's when I started using uh, inmates and and different people's information. All right. Another thing we were doing that that um, my wife will tell you she's very proud of is um, we had a person that worked at one of the large banks who used to give us credit card numbers and access to credit accounts. Right. And she did that because we did something called instant credit. So when she worked at I think it was like Bank of America, one of the banks, she would give us information because people's beacon score would come up. So she would sell us that information. I think I paid her. I paid her a lot of money. I paid her so much money that I remember she called me all the time and say, hey, I need some money. I got six of them for you. Like she, what I noticed about my wife and I when it came to that scam is that we actually paid because we had a gay guy that would bring us card numbers. He worked at a hotel right? and we paid him $100 per card number and he brought us card numbers. Like a thousand, fifteen hundred. We go. How many you got? I got twenty. So we come meet him. We we'll give him two thousand dollars. It's like he knew we were money, so he would bring them. That's the guy that had the friend that worked in the fraud department of right. Bank of America. Yeah, I was. Us. You're saying that because a lot of guys will will get a contact and then fuck over the contact. Yes. I mean, it, it just. It was amazing, and so the fact that we paid, that they were very loyal and they called all the time. Right. So this girl that worked with us. She could get us people with Beacon score. Now, at that time, I think we had an ID guy in California that would make IDs for us. And that helped with the rental car thing. Everything, everything helped with the rental car. But <laughs> that's neither here or there. So he made IDs for us. So what he would do is if you had an 800 Beacon score, I would get an ID made up in your name. Right. And I would go to somewhere like Target. Target was our favorite place because Target was giving out instant credit. So Target, you would go to the counter and say, hey, I want to apply for the Target card. They would enter in your social and your date of birth. And if you got approved, they would print you out a receipt that you could walk around and they could scan the receipt because the receipt was like a credit card. And they would bill your card. Instant credit was something new. So we used to get these. So there were holes. Huh? It was new. So there were some holes in the system. Yes. So we would get a fake ID, go in and apply for credit and get like $10,000. So, we, of course, we get Target cards and we buy a bunch of stuff. That's how we furnish most of, like, the houses and the apartments we had with Target. And then Target had a grocery store so we could eat off of the card. <laughs> Horrible. Horrible. Then we found out that, that Best Buy and Circuit City had instant credit. But what they would do is they would ask you. They, they had a loop of security where they would ask you questions that only might you would know. Like they'd ask you, what what color was the, the 2002 Chevrolet that you owned? Right. You know, things like, or what color was your Cherokee? What do you have? Uh, um, Me? Yeah. Now? Yeah. Like a Jeep. It's a Jeep uh, Sport or something like that? or yeah, a, something. Compass. I got a compass. compass. I have so a, they, so a, they would say, because you would register the tag, they say, Matt, what color was the Jeep Compass that you owned? It's white. Right. And see, I wouldn't know that if I stole your identity. You would know that. So what happened you was. you did know that. Yes. Because you had LexisNexis. Yes. I had a person that would give us LexisNexis reports on people for 150 bucks. So we'd give him money. 
and we get the Lex Nexus report on all these people with 800 beacons. And this scores. is when you're wearing the mic that the you're wearing the earpiece. The earpiece. He's got an earpiece. His, his wife outside was, it was, it or was something. Corded. It okay. was it wasn't even cordless. Oh, so yeah, yeah, they would have it in their shirt and around their ear and in their ear. So they're walking in like this. Yeah, hi. They didn't even the people didn't see it. They, no, look at listen, the cord. we go, can you can you see? They go, no, nah, I don't see the cord at all. Oh man. Listen. And so, especially like if they had long hair or a hat on, whatever. So we'd go in and, and the guy would say, okay, we need you to answer the phone, the call, or they'd be on the call with the people verifying. And my wife would feed you the answer. It, it, it's like every barrier, it's like there was always a way around it. There was always a contact that yeah, got yeah. us around everything. Yeah. It's fun. It's a challenge. It's a challenge to try and figure out how to get around these things. Yeah. So that's what we ended up. That was so popular that we used to furnish, we did that to furniture stores to furnish people's homes. The, the fear was if they delivered the furniture, they'd know where you live. So what we do is we just rent U-Hauls and be like, okay, so you're getting $14,000 worth of furniture. Where do we deliver that? Um, we'll pick it up at your warehouse. Right. <laughs> what, you're not delivering shit. You know? No. That way, when we leave with the furniture, bye-bye. Yeah. We'll see you again. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened when, when uh, uh, so you were getting the IDs, you were getting that. What was, so how did that expand? Into what me? Well, well, I'm wondering. Yeah, yeah, I'm wondering. Like, well, we're living. Are you still get it? Did you get a, you get arrested again at this point, or, or? Um. Well, that was the one arrest at Sears. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. so tell so tell the Sears one. I thought I did. I tell that you did. The, the problem is, I noticed you're skipping over stuff. You have to understand that that's a completely different video. Right, so okay. so you have to. Not everybody that has watched that video will watch this video. Well, that that culminated into an arrest at at Sears. So usually, all of these I told you about, especially with dealing with the credit, culminated into an arrest. Like the um, the wasn't me culminated into an arrest at Sears. And the business checks, no, the hotel rooms culminated into an arrest in Tampa. You know, the business checks culminated into an arrest in Cobb County. Yeah, so it's like each one of them. Yeah, you keep getting caught. Yeah. Yes, because it's like I would re, I would do the same thing over. I was we were lousy at it like this. I mean, we we're had a lot lousy. of fun. It's just it's just the problem is is that every once in a while, well, something goes th- th- wrong. This was this was important because. When the instant credit ended up in our arrest, like when I got to the prison, like I'd get up in the morning, I'd walk back and forth and I was telling myself, I'm like, okay, this getting arrested over and over again is ridiculous. (laughs) This has to stop. Not the crime. The the crime can't stop because I'm good at it. This getting arrested does have to stop. (laughs) Hey, I have a question. I have a question. So did the guy from the rental car company show up yet? No. Okay. This all is around what me and what's oh. the next. Okay. All of this culminate because when, okay, so the rest at Sears happened when we were in the Sears store doing, we were doing a 60 year old guy and I'm like in my thirties because I'm in my fifties now, but I couldn't pass for 60 back then. So you were, you were, you were, um, I was pretending to be a 60 year old okay. and I'm like 34, 37 or something like that. Right. So we're in Sears. We decided to go to the Sears in the mall. So we go to the Sears in the mall and we're playing a 60 year old person. The person gets approved for credit. I think what we wanted was a washer and dryer. All right. So we get approved for the washer and dryer, but 
he got approved for $10,000. And when you do the Wheel of Fortune, because that's what we would do at Best Buy. We do the Wheel of Fortune. Like somebody get approved for ten grand. So you say, okay, I'll take the 70-inch TV screen. Okay, that's 3500 You got 6500 left. All right, let me get the microwave oven. That's $1,000. You got 5500 left. All right, it was, it was the Wheel of Fortune. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you pick out things. You would get the ten grand worth. Yeah, of stuff. I, you, I'm, I'm running this all the way up to ten. <laughs> no, I'm not leaving any money on the table. That's right. I'm you taking, still have seventy five dollars. Okay, I'll take those two cup uh, right there. <laughs> two cup holders. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So we got approved for the wash and dryer ten thousand dollars, but the wash and dryer was like five grand, thirty eight, forty eight hundred. So we're like, hey, let's look around and find something else that we want. So we're in the store. So we got approved. They've approved it, and they're supposed to be putting the wash and dryer on the dock. We're going to come back later and pick it up. So rather than leaving, right, we decide to stay in the store and shop. So we're walking around looking for things. And I spoke with somebody. And like I always can tell when someone's nervous or something's wrong because they go to shaking. So the person I was talking to was shaking. Right. So I'm like, OK, I think we need to leave. Right. So I've, I've separated from Madison. So I'm trying to find her. We, we have a cell phone. So I call her up and we meet up. When I meet up with her, first thing she tells me is like, I think we need to get out of here. I said, I agree with you. So we decide to leave. So we're walking there. So somebody tries to come and talk to us. Hey, we want to uh, show you this area, such and such. I said, we're going to go to the bathroom. We'll be right back. Right. But they didn't want us to leave. It's kind of like, well, wait, wait, but there's a bathroom over. I'm like, no, 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 no. We're going to go to the bathroom. And we'll be back. So we go out the front door. We make beeline to our car. We don't run. We beeline to the car. We get into the car. As we get into the car, I'm like, we're talking about, I got the weird feeling such and such. I look and I see police sirens and cars coming. They're, it's like, it's a parking lot. So you see them on their way to the one entrance to the parking lot. So I start, I'm like, ooh you know, gut sinking. Yeah. I start the car, put it in drive and get ready to pull in. So we're about to pass the police cars. So the first car comes in and we're going past them. The second one comes in and we're going back. We're about to go to the entrance and they're running out of the store screaming. Ah, that's the right so they point us out. So the police cars turn around and they're hitting the horn honking and the third car to come in because we're about to pull out the third car to come in he blocks us in because I'm, I'm, I'm a complete bitch when it comes to all this. Instead of like backing up and yeah. trying to make a getaway. Oh, I'm not. Yeah. You're not outrunning them. No. So and, and I'm, I'm scared they're going to shoot, you know. But Yeah. <laughs> it just makes it would just make it worse anyway. Now I'm on a <laughs> slow speed chase on 75, you know, in a white Bronco. And so I, I stop and then they arrest us, put us on the ground. And they, they take us in. But that was the instant. That was the end. Did you, did you tell them to be careful with you? I'm 65. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an old man. I'm 60. Damn it. <laughs> All right. So when I go to jail for that, me and her go to jail. When I go to jail, and I, I think her parents disown her at that point. It's like, look, you and this guy. I mean, <laughs> this guy's a like, problem. <laughs> we told you. <laughs> I mean, do you like jail? What the hell is going on? So, First of all, she's she's uh, she's uh, what she's she's a white Jewish, yes, right? Right, that's right. <laughs> so you were not what they wanted for their daughter <laughs> to begin with, and then you didn't turn around and become a lawyer and prove them all wrong. <laughs> you were like. Is what corruption. Like, first of all, I'm a black guy, but that's just a small part of what's coming down the pike. You've never been so right about a decision. Watch this. 
God, <laughs> you horrible. never been so right. <laughs> That's horrible. That's horrible. Thank you. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Good times. So I, yes, great times. So I go to jail and I'm in jail and I'm pacing back and forth and I'm like, okay, like this, this is, stop. Yeah, this is ridiculous. I'm constantly going to jail. How do I not go to jail for this? And I come up with the fact that I probably need people to do stuff for me. I, I've got to stop being firsthand. I've got to have people do things for me. No, you need a, a block. You need, I yeah. need people to take the fall for me. Correct. That's the problem. Also, and, which I, what, yes, and what I left out was, you know, I met with the guy from the Bank of America. Okay. Right? And so he's the one that, that introduced me to the what me. Right. So at this point, the person that's got works at the bank that's getting credit card information and selling you, they put you in contact with someone that works in, in the, the fraud, fraud department. department. Right. And that person in the fraud department, when I met with him, I was trying to ask him, how do I fraud the bank? Right. Like, like how if I get someone's account number, you know, if I order checks. You do understand how it, how amazing it is that you went so far that, I mean you you turn this and it's funny because I was talking to this other guy Juan Sanchez and it's like there are some guys that are do, do crime like they, they kind of you know they they get enough money so this is what most guys do and you'll know this they they hit a lick and then they stop until they've used up that money they hit another lick and then you have guys that say no no this is the industry that I work in and I'm going to work this as a job and it doesn't and i'm just going to keep piling up the money i'm not doing it and using it up and then doing it again use it. no no i'm not do, i'm not surviving this is my industry right this is what i do and so you know and and so they start to do things to hone their skills and to get better and better and better at it now that's really what the feds is for. That's what he's supposed to be. You're supposed to be in the federal system. I'm supposed to be in the federal system. Juan is supposed to be like, and then, then of course I meet the, you have the, then you have state criminals. But you know, that, that's what's funny is cause like you don't, you, you always, when we talk, you're always like, you're always like, yo, so then I did this and I'm like, right, I understand that. But a normal person is always like, or even other criminals are like, whoa, 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 whoa. like you, you did what? Because they don't think, you know, you actually said, I got the person in the bank already, which is insane. Now I'm actually going to that person saying, okay, listen, I need to talk to someone in the fraud department. Like, who the fuck does that? No, no, I need to expand. I need to tighten up my system. I need to go ahead and I need to figure this out. Like, you took the extra step of having a guy meet you at like a Shoney's, you said, or something, yes. I forget. And paying him to I go ahead. I paid him and, to, to let me interview him. Right. And he, matter of fact, whenever I dealt with his, and this was a, a gay guy. And it was his partner. So his partner was giving us card numbers because he worked in a hotel. And so he would come to our car and um, Madison or my wife would ask, who's that in the car? He go, oh, that's my boyfriend. You know, but he doesn't want to talk. He doesn't go anywhere near you guys because he worked in the fraud department at, at Bank of America. I'm like, really? Nice. Yeah, but he was afraid of us. Yeah. You know, he's like, you don't want to get in trouble. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, but I want to talk to him. So we we offered him like two thousand dollars to talk to us. If he would just give us an hour, 30 minutes of his time right. at a restaurant and, and talk to us. So he agreed. So when he agreed to do that, I sat down and I asked him about what I was doing and like some of the ideas I had. 
Like the idea was if I could get someone's bank account number and routing number, can't I order checks from a second party company? All kind of questions of how they process the check, everything. And he was answering them and he was telling me, okay, that's short lived. That would go through this and this is the verification. So he answered my questions, which all was basically what I knew. So after it was over and done with, I'm kind of like, okay, well, I really didn't gain yeah, anything. Yeah, I haven't really I just, learned anything. I, I didn't already know. Yeah. I just blew $2,000, you know? So I, I asked him, I said, well, all right, well, can you think of anything that, that might be useful that I could use that I didn't think to ask you? Right. And he said, well, he explained to me that customers get one faux pas, is what he calls it. He says that if you were to open an account, take money out of that account, right? And then call us and tell us that it wasn't you that took that money. He goes, the bank is obligated to pay you back. Right. I said, oh, okay, that sounds about right because I've known all my victims to get paid back. He goes, yeah, but even if it's obvious that somebody didn't steal that money. Right. So I asked him, what do you mean? He goes, the other day I had a call from a guy and every day he visited an ATM machine and pulled money. Right. Right. And on a day he pulled the he pulled the money yesterday and then he called me the day after to say, hey, that wasn't me that did that transaction. Right. But I'm saying to myself, but every day you go to that same machine. So on this day, was it you? Yes. On this day, was it you? Yeah. But yesterday it wasn't you. Yeah. And he told his manager that he, he's like, I think he did it. Manager, it doesn't matter. We got to give him the money back. If right. he claimed that, give him, issue him a new card and give him his money back. Right. I mean, regardless, it's also the Electronic Transfer Act, right? I mean, right. Too, you know, right. So. Exactly. So they issued him a new card and gave him the money back. So he told me that, right? And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, okay. But I had to process it in my mind to turn it. I'm like. Yeah, you didn't immediately turn it into a scam. You right. just thought, uh, okay, interesting to know. Right. Thank you, blah, 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 when they left. And then it, it hit me. It's like, oh, this guy's telling me that. If I took money out of my account and told the bank that it wasn't me that took the money out of the account, they're going to give me that money back. Right. So I'm explaining that because we get in the car and my wife like, well, that seemed like it didn't go. And I'm like, well, I go, think about what he just told us. So our concept of that was, so we went and pulled the money out of her account immediately, which was postal money orders. And she went to the bank and said, hey, that wasn't me that took that money out of the account. And they put it right back. Nice. <laughs> well, and then you said that she deposited the money back. Yes. <laughs> then she actually deposited the, 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 the postal money orders back in the same account. Right. That they had just given her the money back. <laughs> right. Like that's just, I, you know, I, I want to I give her credit and say that's ballsy. <laughs> but I'm thinking it's just stupid. No, I think like, it's ballsy. Like that's just it's risk. Ballsy. That's totally fucking, <laughs> like why take that risk? But anyway, so. So, so we. <laughs> That's nothing. So go ahead. Sorry. All right. So that concept's in my mind and I haven't acted on it. I just know I have that concept. I think we did like one or two things. But once I went to jail for the instant credit and I'm walking the pier, like I'm asking myself of what do I need to do? Because I'm tired of going to jail. I'm like, OK, obviously I'm not a good criminal. So either I need to become an excellent criminal or I need to stop. Right. So that's what I'm pacing back and forth. And then I tell myself, I'm like, here is the answer. Not only do I need to not be the person doing it, 
But I also need to commit the crime where the police don't get called. Or I'm the person that calls the police. If I'm both the perpetrator and the victim. Yeah, then there's no, there's, there's no crime. There's no right. crime. Right. And, and even if there is a crime, it certainly doesn't lead to you. Right. So. That's what I put together as a concept. And that's when I started telling myself, okay, once we get out of this, here are the steps that I need to make to put all that together to build on that. Right. And that's what happened when we had that two-year run when we got out and purchased a home in Tennessee, Georgia, and Utah. Okay. Bought, bought cars and everything, a Ford Focus. That's what— That's the one me— that's, that's the one that turns into the one me scam. Right. All right, tell me about the one me scam. That's the one that—that's the good one. Well, once, once I realized that they actually do that based on law, <clears throat> it, it, it dawned on me that if I could— do this multiple times, then I could make a mint. So like for the five grand or four, four or 5,000 that we just got, if I could set up and do that like four or five times a month, that's twenty twenty five thousand dollars $25,000. So right. I'm asking myself, how do you set up to do something like that? How do you turn it into a, a, a mill, like McDon- start McDonaldizing the product, turn it into an assembly line. Yes. So in order to do that, obviously I need multiple people, you know, opening up multiple accounts. So I, I found out through checks systems that um, you can open up three bank accounts within a six-month period without them flagging the banks that you're possibly going to f- um, kite checks. Right. If you open up the fourth account, check system tells the bank, hey, this guy just opened up four accounts. Not only do they contact the fourth bank, but they contact the other three banks that you've been into to say, hey, this guy just opened up a bunch, and all of them will close it. Right. Like, oh, you might be kiting, you know, where you write one check to one bank and the other. Yeah, it's a derogatory term, but that's fine. It, it, kite is? Yeah, it is. But uh, for checks? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Go ahead. But um, so I had to, I went through a process of trying to, like you say, make this into a mill. Not million, but no, in, actually, into where I'm going to Actually, make it into a mill. Yeah, it is yeah, mill. Yeah. It is mill. So... I, I tried. A, I tried a lot of different things. So, obviously, that between me and and my wife Madison, we could only get three accounts apiece. So once we go through that, then it's kind of like, okay, well, maybe we ask other people to do it for us. So we talked to somebody. We had this one guy named Will, where we're telling him, like, look, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna you're gonna open up three accounts. We're gonna put money in one of the accounts, right? And take the money out and then put it in the second account and take it out, put it in the third account. So it's going to be like $4,000. So once we take all the accounts out, you're going to have like, you're going to have three accounts. So it's going to be like twelve or $15,000. we are going to split it $7,000 a piece. All right. All right. So we put the $4,000 in the account and he took, well, he took the money out, right? And then he left. He kind of like I call him up like, hey, you got that four thousand out, right? He goes, yeah, I got it. I'm like, okay, I need you to deposit it in the next account. Quiet. I'm like, uh, well, I need you to deposit the money in the next account so that we can take that out. Also, yeah. Um, Will's <laughs> like, I ain't never had this much money in my life. 
So you're going to take $4,000 instead of just waiting another day or two and getting 7000 Right. <laughs> and that was, that was his logic. And so that was one of the turning points where I realized that the people I was dealing with were kind of strung out on drugs. Right. And there is a reason why he's never seen that much money is because he doesn't know how to manage money. Yeah. It, it started opening my eyes because while I'm in jail, when you're in the county jail and you're talking to different criminals, they tell these fantastic stories and give you the impression like, hey, you're a well-put-together person. Right. But off, off drugs. Yes. <laughs> Once you get in an environment where you can have drugs in your system, you are a awfully, completely terrible put-together person. Yeah. You're not even put together at all. And that's what I that's what I started learning, because what was happening is I was recruiting because once I came up with the concept, I knew I'm going to need people to carry this out. So I started getting people's names and I would keep in touch with them when I got out to either monitor them or find out when they got out just to help them out. And dealing with them just tend to be a one type of assault after another. I just it was like all complete failures. And we had we had a lot of bad stories because. What I then realized is maybe these people aren't good for putting the work or having them open up bank accounts. So I felt like maybe I'll just use their identity rather than actually using the person. Then I'll just use their identity. Right. So then I started offering to purchase and buy the information I needed to become them. Right. You know, like, hey, what's your mom? And some people, you know, you might have to promise a few hundred dollars. It might have to give them some money up front in the back end. Some people would give it to you for a cup of coffee. Well, I'll give you all my information for a cup of coffee. What's how about two cups, Joe? Yeah. I like you. Yeah. <laughs> and some people would just give it to you for nothing. Hey, use mine. I, I'm a shit. I don't have anything in life. So right. and they don't have to be perfect to get a bank account. So it's like they're not using. They've already got bad credit. They've already got whatever. Like my only cry, my only question nothing. was, have they ever had a bank account? Back back then, they're like bank accounts have only become very very easy to get. Back in like early two thousands or the nineties, you had to have good credit. Like there was a lot of banks that weren't taking just anybody. Right. Right. So. Back in that era, it was just as a matter of fact of whether you ever screwed over a bank. So when I asked a lot of those guys from jail if they ever had a bank account, they're like, no, nah, I never had a bank account in my life. Well, then I automatically knew of multiple banks that would give you an account just because you've never had one. Some banks are, are, are very picky and some are just like, hey, right. as long as you so, haven't screwed a bank over, come on. So how did you, how'd you go, how'd you get, like, how'd you start getting these? getting these people's stuff like i mean you had a system or was it multiple well i, I had to come up well once once i got out i might have had a list of 10 or 12 and so what would happen is i would get their um information and i would go and get an id in their name and either myself or my wife would become these people and then we'd open up accounts so this is where the mill started it was her and i right and so, you've got and you've got someone who's making your ids right you, no no no. i would go to the dmv i would just actually order the birth certificate oh, online nice. Nice. Right. And then make up a, 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 a W-2. I'd have a machine that made up a W-2 or whatever, whatever document they needed, like a, a bill. I, I used to um, um, Photoshop. Photoshop. Thank you. 
So I would Photoshop a direct TV bill. Yeah, and you alter it slightly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I can have the new address and name that I wanted. So I would go into the DMV with my birth certificate, a bill, a W-2, whatever I needed to get an ID in that person's name. Once I got an ID in their name, I'd go get the Social Security card. And then I would um, go back and maybe get the driver's license. It was it was a it was a transformation. Yeah. But all I needed from the person is just the information to get the birth certificate. Everything else was creatable. And by the way, Direct TV, I had to do that one because different states and counties have different power companies. So if you did an electric bill, you know they go, "We need a bill." Well, I had to have a bill that was universal. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Like if it's not Georgia Power or it's Tampa Electric or it's yeah Florida Power. Yeah, but it's it's, it's Direct TV, which is. Yeah. Everywhere, and that's a bill. That's a utility bill. So that's what that's what was happening. So it was initially it was my wife and I, and we would go out, open up two or three. We would so we would take a trip, like to Ohio. We'd fly to Ohio, open up. I see that. <laughs> fly to Ohio, open up three accounts. Like I'd become someone, and she'd become someone. We'd open up three accounts apiece. Right. So in three different banks. Three different banks. So that's six accounts. We'd put five thousand dollars in each account. Take it out. Um, hey, call up and say that we're not the person that took the money. And yeah, you, bam, just, you got 30 grand. We got 30 grand. All right. So that was and, and I, that was in a trip where we take we'd be there like four days and make that much money and come back. So what I understood was this is this is all this is cool and this is fun, but it doesn't have to be me that goes out. I could actually Maybe there's a way that I can franchise this and double my production. So what if it's me and my wife and maybe you and someone else? So then the question became, who else could I recruit? Right. You got to be able to talk these people into it. Right. Who else could I recruit to go out and do this? And let's say we split it. Right. So if I if I can really in my mind, if I can get five groups, you know, 30 times five is 150. I'm looking at 75. I can do 75,000 a month. Right. You know, uh couple of months of this and I'm pretty I'm pretty much set yeah you know that that was my mindset so in the path of doing this I ran into a lot of trouble I, I ran into this is when it solidified that uh, um, the problem with American crime is probably drugs probably most people are criminals to support a drug habit right <laughs> and that's what I kind of found out and those people cannot have money or they're not capable of doing what my wife and I was doing. Because when my wife and I would take a trip, we would get on a, a flight. We would land, get into a rental car, take the rental car, check into a nice or decent hotel. Right. And then we would um, go out and open up bank accounts, which means presenting to professional people. Right. Right. Like doing that seemed, oh, this is easy. Right. But not to these guys. Not not to these guys. So... You take an average crackhead, just the average. Wait a minute. Where are you finding these guys? Well, e- initially, we were do- dealing with drug dealers and asking for volunteers. We, right. we had a, a Amos and Mary, Did and there's stories behind that. Any volunteers? <laughs> do you have? How, make 5000 Yeah, Yeah, I ain't got nothing to do this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then what? All right. So what I was going to say is, like, we had some problems taking volunteers from the drug dealers like so this might can get edited you want me to cover a couple of those problems and then go into what made me go into the courthouse that's what i'm asking what, uh <laughs> yeah what, what, what oh, was okay that? that's what i was gonna do because when i when i took the drug users 
right? I had a lot of problems with them. Yeah, no. And that's when I said, okay, maybe there's a different caliber. Maybe we need to like yeah, try maybe, to find maybe, something. Maybe instead of, <laughs> instead of recruiting people that have drug problems, why not recruit people that have- Maybe that in are, our line of work. Yeah, that are already in the, in the fraud industry. Right. So that that's where my mind was going, but I didn't know if you wanted to be like, where are you? Yeah, Let's get to the courthouse, motherfucker. Yeah, well, I because I, I find that fascinating that you <clears throat> you eventually actually walked into. You, you have to understand that most people don't get to this level, and and on top of that, most people, if you said, hey, I know where you can get these people, you can go to the court courtroom and you can do this and this, they'll be like, well, I'm not doing that. Like they don't want to walk into a court. Like, well, uh, you know, most yeah. most right. criminals are like they're they're. They're really scared. Yeah. Especially of the unknown where I'm ready to walk in and, and have an argument with someone. Like, what do you mean I can't go in there? What, what are you talking about? What, what, you can't keep me from going in yeah, there. I'm, I'm a family. I got a, I got a family member. On the out, well, anyway, on the outside, they have a list of the people for first appearance. Right. Perfect. So, hey, Joe, I'm, I'm, I'm Joe Johnson's brother. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know what his bond is. Move, right. move. All right. So, I'm here for support. Right. Go fuck yourself, <laughs> officer. You know, they're going to do anything. Yeah, so right. go anyway. So, yeah. So that's what I was asking. So for the sake of the story, I was going to tell some of the problems I had with the drug, which well, tell, is the girls. Tell, oh, then, tell me the girl. Tell me the girl drug right, dealers. And, and, I love I lo- the girl and, drug at, uh, drugs. And, I love and, that. And then I was going to get into, okay, I'm trying to find a higher caliber. No, tell me about the, the girls. Tell me the girls. This is what happened <laughs> to the girls, Colby. This is good shit. This is hilarious. All right. Well, there, there are. So when you're dealing with drug addicts, there becomes multiple problems. First is their appearance. So you might have to buy them some clothes, beg them to shower. <laughs> you know? God. And then you have to accept the fact that they have no front teeth and, and pray that somebody at the bank doesn't go, what in the yeah. world? Are you <laughs> cashing an $8,000 check and you have no teeth? <laughs> so so, yes. what, so how'd you meet the, these, uh, the, some of these girls? Some of these the, girls. Well, it was, it was usually girls and guys. I... I I, I purchased identities. I, I had little runners in the prison that would actually get me identities of people who didn't have bank accounts. Right. So we were paying. So we, we were paying $1,000 per identity. So each identity we would buy, I'd have to have somebody set up, somebody on the outside that would go and open up three accounts so that we can hit those accounts. See, this is different for me and him. Like, I would... Like you were act, going up and saying, look, this is what's going on and this is what you're getting into. And you would lay it all out and tell them exactly. And I'm going to pay you a fair wage of a thousand dollars. That's a fair trade for what's uh, what I'm going to do to your credit because it's going to ruin your ability to get a bank account and everything. You're telling them all that up front. Right. Whereas I said, hey, I'm taking a survey for the Salvation Army and I'm paying them all of twenty dollars. <laughs> and they're thanking me. For giving me their for all the information I need to steal your identity and open up as many bank accounts as I want, borrow millions of dollars in your name, and I'm going to give you twenty dollars. Nice, Matt. You're generous. Huh. Well, but but the people I'm dealing with are locked up, and a lot of them were doing life. So they're like, "Hey, you can have it. <laughs> I, I don't need it. <laughs> I'll eat good next week on the grand." Huh. So. After getting the identities, I, I started going to drug dealers and asking for drug users. We had a, a group, one called Amos and Mary, that was an older couple. And it's it, it, it became where if you sent them somewhere or you'd have to place them somewhere to live, like they didn't have anywhere to live. So when, immediately once you agree, to yes, we'll work for you. All right, cool. All right. So but tonight I need somewhere to stay. It's like, uh, yeah, but you're leaving Friday. Yeah, but I don't have anywhere to stay for the next two nights. So, so you'd have to put them up in a hotel 
right? If you book them a flight or someone to go to go somewhere, you have to arrange for them to get to the airport. God forbid if you rent any of these people cars because it's not their car and they're not used to driving. So I've had some of those drug dealers where they wreck the car, where they turn the car in and the car, the rental car company is like, um, you want to explain to me what happened to our car? Like why you didn't call the police once you, you wrecked the car? I'm like, oh, oh. because when I did this, I set all this up like a corporation and a business account. So I was paying for your ticket. I had a business account paying for your car rental. I had a business account paying for your hotel room. Granted, I was using uh, stolen credit cards for the hotel room, but it, it looked like it was a business. Right. <laughs> so we also had another couple called Shane and Andra, and they were strung out very bad. We flew them. They were I'll never forget this. They were in Cincinnati, Ohio. And my wife and I are at home in bed. The, the, the next morning was going to be their first day opening accounts. Usually they spent the first day getting their IDs in order, and then the next day they were going to open accounts. So after they got their ID in order, I've been on the phone with them. My wife and I are at home. We're chilling, and I get a phone call from the hotel. And the guy's like, um, he didn't even, it's like he didn't know what to say. So he's like, um, yeah, is this um, Zach from Zach Corp? And I'd say, yes. Zach from Zach Corp? Whatever. I mean, whatever okay. I made up. So I go, yes, it is. He say, um, he goes, you have two employees of yours staying here, right? I said, yes. Wait, so who called you? The hotel, hotel manager. manager. Okay. Yeah. I put him in a nice Hilton downtown Cincinnati. <laughs> no, Cleveland. Okay. Because we sent them tickets to go to the... Um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So it was Cleveland. I'll never forget that. They're like, hey, we want to go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm like, well, cool. We'll, we'll get you tickets yeah. and you can go. Because it's like a trip. If you're going to go somewhere and work with like, hey, right. if, if there's a concert in yeah, town. It's not a full-time job. Right, a, full, a football game. We'll get you. We'll order tickets on somebody Anything else's credit to card. to keep you from driving through a neighborhood and getting crack. In, in a 2000, in the same year car, right. a rental car that you want to be luxury. Like in a same Year, if it's 2006 in a 2006 Escalade, I don't want you in a dub neighborhood telling some crackhead, hey, I've got cash. Let me get right. a little bit of that. Right. And they're like, wow, white dude, <laughs> you do got cash. <laughs> so the hotel manager calls up and says, um, you have two employees staying here. He said, I go, yes. He goes, listen. He goes, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I believe your employees have drug problems. What? That's, That's what I said. Crazy. I said, what? He goes, yes. He goes, I think both of those people have drug problems. So he goes, listen. He goes, I've had to deal with employees with drug problems. He goes, I'm going to let them stay here tonight, but tomorrow they, they have to check out. I said, well, I don't understand what's going on. He goes, the girl, we had to stop the girl from walking through the hallways with no top on, like naked on the top. He goes, they were in the room, like fighting or running around. He goes, I've seen the guy just running through the hotel with his underwear on. He goes, he goes, they have problems. Just us talking to them in their sweats, they have drug problems. He goes, I'm not going to call the police, but I want you to know that. So I pick up the phone and I call them up and I tell them and they're like, what? Why would he say something like that? <laughs> Because that it's is true. Absolute, that's what he told me. He goes, that's not true. I don't even know why he would even say something like that. Oh, I'm like, on. the hotel manager 
just decided to call up and cost himself money and lie about you guys. Because <laughs> he decided when you checked in, he hated your guts. Yeah. Like, I don't like you, so I'm going to call your job and tell him you've got drug problems. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to risk my job for that. The, the drug dealers make really horrible liars. Drug users. Drug users. Sorry, drug yes. users. Yes. They make horrible. So, well, this is a story that you liked. So... Going to the drug, this is when I was in the midst of using drug users. Right. Um, one day I was going to send a Western Union to someone. I can't remember who it was. And it was at a store right up the street from my house. So I'm at the store and I'm standing in line. And in front of me, there are like three women. And because when she got up to the counter, she goes, I'm just trying to see if a Western Union has arrived yet. And the lady checked it out. She goes, no, it hasn't come yet. She said, all right, no problem. I think I'm filling out the form when they asked. And I, they, when they asked the third time about the way, it was like in a 10-minute period. Right. They went up there three times to see if the money came. So after I got my money, I think I did something where I heard, she goes, oh, yes, it did show up. And the Western Union they were desperately waiting on was $20. Jesus. And I'm thinking to myself, 20 bucks? Like you're in dire straits. Three of y'all are in dire straits. For 20 bucks. For 20 bucks. You know, so I said to myself, hmm, three women, it's not a girl and a guy. Right. You know, maybe them separate, you know what I'm saying? Maybe this different collection of people would be way better than what I've been getting. Because I normally get girl and guy, maybe both strong. I'm thinking that the those two would hold each other together or they would want to be together in a hotel room. Right. And at nighttime, do what they do. And then in the daytime, do what I need them to do. And they just go back to the hotel room at night and do what they do. Right. You know, that all those concepts in my head didn't work. <clears throat> so I propositioned them. I said, I go, ladies, when they got done, I said, can I talk to you guys for a second? They're like, yeah, what's up? I said, how would you guys like to make $100 real quick? And they're like, whoa. When I go, no, 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 no. Not like that. I said, if you guys would give me 15 minutes to proposition you something. I'll give you a hundred bucks. Like I got a hundred dollars right here. They're like 15. Where? I said, let's, let's go to McDonald's right over here. And just let me make you an offer. So I drive over to McDonald's. We ride over, or we go over to McDonald's and I basically explain to them what's going on. I'm like, listen, um, I need you to go. I'm going to give you some information. You're going to get uh, an ID in someone's name. You're going to open up three accounts. I'm going to put the money in these accounts. And then once the money, you know, just go through the whole yeah, process. Yeah. Then I'm going to take the money out. You're going to walk in. So right, someone right. took and my then, money out of my account. Right. And then at the end, like it's, it's three of y'all. So we'll have nine accounts. So at the end I do five. So I'm looking at about 60. No, five times nine. I don't know. Have we ever explained the, the actual scam, Colby? Okay. Yeah. I don't think you ever really, because we know it so well. So the actual yeah. scam is there. This in the simplest sense, this is what the scam is. I get a fake ID, I go and I open up an account. I put $9,000 in the account. The bank opened the account, they know there's $9,000 in it. I then order a debit card. They mail me the debit card. I then clone the debit card with a, what is that device? A 305, what is it? A 408 uh, four, No, it's a, they call it a skimmer. Yeah, skimmer, so whatever. I skim it, so I, I clone the, the magnetic. This is pre-chip. This right. pre-data chip. Right. So way. with the magnetic strip, I, I scan it. You then mail it to Zach in another state. 
State uh, Zach then scans it and makes a clone card, uh, clones the uh, debit card. He then goes into a post office or and a store or buy money order and buys. You can go to the post office and buy a thousand dollar money order. So he goes into the post office, let's say, or any store that sells a thousand dollar money orders. You go in and you say, "I need five or I need eight one thousand dollar money orders." So boom, boom, boom. There's eight thousand dollars. He then calls me back in the other state and says, I just took the money out of the account. I then walk back into the bank and I when say, you hey, opened the account. where I opened the account. And I said, hey, I, I opened my, you know, or I, I just, I say, hey, I need to get out uh, $500. And the teller says, she looks and she goes, sorry, sir, you only have $12 in your account or whatever's left. And you go, whoa, whoa, whoa what are you talking about? I got eight grand in that account and over 8,000. She goes, no, you just took out $8,000. Where? I didn't take out 8,000. She says, uh, looks like in Florida, four, four or five states away in Florida, you just took out eight, you just bought something or took out $8,000. Oh my gosh, that's not me. I didn't do it. She says, do you have your debit card? I have my debit card right here. And she goes, oh gosh, let me let you talk to Sally, the bank manager. You know, now go and talk to Sally and you go, Sally, I opened this account a week ago and I got, they took my money and Sally looks and she says, my God, someone in Florida 35 minutes ago took your, the money out of your account. Couldn't have been me. I'm five states away. So she says, you know what, sir, I'm so sorry. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to put the money back in your account. It'll be back in your account by tonight at 12 o'clock. So the next day, so the, the money goes back in. Zach then takes the money out of the account electronically. You know, obviously, he has access to the account online so that the guy can't take them. So I can't take the money. So now Zach has the $8,000 that was originally put into the account and removed through the money orders. And he's got the $8,000 that they just put back in the bank. He just doubled his money. I then go back into the bank the next day and I say, listen, I want to close my account. I don't know what you people are doing here, but that really freaked me out. I, I just want to close the account. And you close the account. So it's done. So that times three. So each person, so each person get- does three of those. So that's that if that's eight thousand dollars, well, eight thousand, eight thousand, that's 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 twenty-four thousand dollars off of just one ID. Each person can have two or three IDs with two or with so three IDs, three different banks, nine banks, eight thousand dollars, seventy-two thousand dollars for one person. You can have he'll send out three of them at a time. So that's the basic scam. It's called wasn't wasn't me. I didn't take the money. And it, it's covered by the Electronic Transfer Act, which says they have to give you the money back. Now, they may close the account. They may say, nah, something's going on here and, and close the account on you even. But they're giving you your money back. And that was the scam that he came up with. And that's what we're going over right now. And I just wanted to clarify it. So back to you and these three <laughs> well, chicks they, in the they, Western they, they, Union. <laughs> Sorry. So no problem. So... Actually, those those the, the funny part about those three chicks is they actually never made it to they do never anything. Even made, made, never well, even because, made it. So you well, explain the, the scam right, to I explained them. The, the scam, and they're like, yeah, we're absolutely down. So I said, okay, cool. So I, I call my um, wife. She arranges for them to get a rental car. So I said, I'm going to take you guys to get a car. So we run over to the rental place. I get them a rental car. And I tell them, look, you guys are going to go to Tennessee. So I'm going to give you some money to jump up. I go, once you, because they had cell phones. I said, once you guys get to Tennessee... Right. I'm going to give you the information you need to open up, uh, <clears throat> open up IDs in these people. Now, at that time, I had already arranged for hundreds of I wouldn't say hundreds. I'd say like 50 or 60 IDs. So I could just go back and grab a folder because we once I got everything I needed for you to become that person, I'd put it in a folder. 
So I had stacks of folders of ready IDs ready to go. Right. You know, and so all I had to do was go home and pick out three and give it to them. Right. So when I passed that information off, we're in Tennessee. I think I sent them one state over to South Carolina. I just, I'm like, I just want you to go out of state. I'm going to book you a hotel room. So they did get that far. They left. They checked into the hotel and everything was kosher. They had their three identities. They're ready to go. So I'm thinking the next day they're going to go get set up. So within that night, within the, the, I think they left the next day after I met them. So the night after they left, they called me up from South Carolina and it, like one of them called me up and she was screaming. Like she's crying, screaming, like you got to help us. You need to, you need to send help immediately. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Slowly. What, what happened? Uh, and she was barely able to explain to me what happened, but she kind of explained that somehow they had given the rental car to a drug dealer, right? And one of the drug dealers were there. They owed money and he beat up one of the girls that was there. The other one he took with her. He took with him, right? So it was just her and one other girl. And she needed me to come to where they were in South Carolina, <laughs> Yeah. You know, to to help them or send them some money so that they could get the other girl back. I'm like, uh, I met you yesterday. You can't hold it together <laughs> for 24 hours. No. No. So even if I got you out of that situation. Clearly there's another situation coming. <laughs> right. You know, so I hung up that phone because I usually talk to people on track phones. Right. I hung up that phone and immediately called to have the number changed. So I told her, listen, listen, give me about 20 minutes and call me back. Yeah. All right. Beep, 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 beep. Can I change this phone number? Yeah. It's like, I, I don't want anything else to do with you the rest of my life. Yeah. That, that's just meeting them. But my whole point behind that is, it's like dealing with drug addicts was seemed to be absolutely impossible. Right. So I kept telling myself, I, I need to find people to do this because in between all of this, because this went on for about two years in between all of this, my wife and I, would take two of them or three, get on an airplane and fly somewhere. And do it yourself. And do it ourselves right. and not have any problem at all. So in my mind, I kept going, why is it that we don't have any problem and everybody else is having a ton of problems? Right. And they're drug addicts in general. They just can't function in society, period. Plus, they've got drugs on top of it. <laughs> oh, they have to get drugs. So something told me I need to pick a better caliber of criminal. Maybe I need someone that's done some fraud. But the problem is, like, how do you meet people who've done fraud? You don't just walk on, hey, have you done fraud? Have yeah. you done fraud? Have you right. done fraud? Like, are you FBI? No, I'm not. But have you done fraud? Yeah. But, you know, so the idea I came up with is, well, first appearance at court <laughs> is, is kind of like when you go to first appearance, they kind of read out all of your prior charges. Huh. It's like your resume. Yeah, it's like, like a resume. Your Honor, he's very, very <laughs> adept at credit card fraud we've got uh, uh bouncing we've got check fraud we have uh he's applied for several loans in, in other people's <laughs> names great at identity theft three stints for identity theft it's like it's like indeed back in the, oh, in the early 2000s so i decided i'm gonna go to a first appearance hearing nice. and just sit in and listen to the charges that the people have so I went to, um, it was in Hillsborough County. It was in Tampa. We were in Tampa for something. I went to a first appearance hearing and I sat there and, you know, like they had the list outside. So it's like they're bringing in like 57 people. So I'd sit there and I'd listen. And of course I'd catch, you know, this guy's here for fraud. 
you know, such and such. He's here for bouncing checks. I'm like, right. mm, and they call his name, Mr. Such and Such. You know, and I'd write his name down here for bouncing checks and stuff. And I'd write that every time they call the name, I had to write it down because they only called it at the beginning. Yeah. And then if, if there were drugs, I'd scratch them out. Yeah, you know, murder or violent. Yeah. The defendant. The yeah. defendant. The defendant. <laughs> so once. So at, at the at the Hillsborough County hearing, I was able to put down six people. And what I learned from doing that is like somebody that had a bond that was high enough that they couldn't make because I could make their bond. Right. So if they had a high enough bond, I'd have to wait like four or five days to see if they bonded out. If they don't bond out, then I want to make the proposition. So, of course, I would write them a, a letter. Pretty soon I had it typed and I would just send them a letter in the mail. Letting them know. Got a form letter. I got a fraud, <laughs> my fraud, a proposed fraud, fraud letter. Form, 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 form letter. letter yeah. you, you think like if they'd have been there long enough, they'd be like, I got that letter last month. Yeah. He will bond you out. He's a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it would basically tell them to give me a call, you know, that um, I wanted to help them out. And I think I can help them make bond just to give me a call. So when when I I talked to him on the phone, I would basically be like a job interview, be like, "Hey man, I'm just curious, what kind of they say you're in there for check fraud? What kind of check fraud? Because I tell him I want to I want to make your bond. What kind of check fraud did you do? So I kind of conduct the interview, find out what it is they're they've done, um, ask him like straight up, are are you done doing that? So then I would proposition. I say, hey, listen, if if I bond you out, would you be interested? in making such and such amount of money. I'd be like, who the hell is this? I'm just asking, if I bond you out, would you be interested in making such and such amount of money? Yeah. All right, cool. I'm going to bond you out tomorrow. So then we'd bond him out. But what we would do is we would put a phone, we would go and take our track phone and put it in his property. Like we go in and we might, a shirt, and like, hey, this is uh, such and such because you can do that. Yeah, you can you can go in and you can say, hey, Jimmy was arrested a couple days ago. He's in there. He's getting released. Uh, can I put? Uh, he forgot his cell phone. He needs his cell phone. He's gonna call me when he gets out. Can you put it in his property? Yes. And the property clerk will be like, yeah, that's fine. And they'll yeah. stick it in there. And they stick it in his property. So once they come out in uh, the property, they would call me on the phone, and I said, I'm the guy that bonded you out. Right. If you're serious about making this money, right? Then this is what I want you to do. And the bond is if it's if it's you know if it's a ten thousand dollar bond, then it costs you a about, about a grand. And you're gonna for a guy that's gonna make you fucking fifty grand. My my, my goal every my goal for everybody was if you can make one trip, you're gonna make me fifty grand. Yeah, you're so, worth so, it. Yeah, it's worth paying a thousand if I can make fifty. Even right. if it's worth it's, paying ten thousand if I can. Make 50. Make, make 50. And and believe me, many times I've paid a thousand and gone. And, yeah. I, I've lost a ton of I've lost fifty thousand dollars trying to find the right crew. Right. Just so you know, we had the we had one crew that worked with us long enough to actually start their own business down in, in West Palm Beach. They're like, hey man, we got I mean, enough. And they, they like they retired. Like, hey man, we appreciate it. You're doing God's work. <laughs> They told us, we, we, we'll, we'll appreciate it, man. You did a, you like, now we got the money to start our own business. And, and so we're done. We quit. Him and his, him and his girlfriend. Yeah, uh, that's too bad. They were, that's the problem. They were keepers. They were keepers. And, and you couldn't they, keep they, them. They, they, they worked about seven months, six, seven months. Nice. Yeah, I mean, you know, one, it's one set of employees. So um, the, the, the deal is we were going up and down. 
you know, we owned a house, doing all that, bought us not only just trips wherever we wanted to go and, and help like with our when we had our daughter and everything. We bought a house in Tennessee, a house in Georgia, and we were buying a house in Utah. So we basically like we could live wherever we want to live, right. own our vehicle. It's just we we could basically do whatever we want to do. We were we were spending Utah, money. Utah. So it's it's like it's all white people and Zach. And me. And <laughs> there was a guy in the comment section who said because you had mentioned Utah before buying a house in Utah. And he in the, did you see that one in the comment section? The guy says he says, Oh, so that's the one black guy in Utah. <laughs> Zach. <laughs> Hilarious. So, yes, it, it, like we we figured out we had a ton of money. We, it, like my wife one day told me, like she goes, like I, she, I remember when 30, 40 bucks, somebody go, hey, let me get 30, 40 dollars. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Right. And my sister called me up one time and said, hey, I'm going to need some money for a lawyer for my son. So we were talking about it. She goes, it's going to kind of be expensive. We're like, well, how much? She said 10,000. Oh, that's nothing. Yeah, we're like we're thinking like sixty, seventy. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's gonna take me a couple of days. Um, but ten, ten, I wired. Do you have cash app? Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, so these people, you're getting stuff from people in prison. But yes. did we ever go over the form letter, Colby? Okay, so tell me about the form letter that you sent to the state prison. Well, in in the beginning, like this, this is one of the ways he was getting information from guys in prison i would this is brilliant by the way this, i would this i wanted brilliant. At one, this at is one, brilliant at one point i wanted to get people's information in prison like i wanted different states because i was tearing up florida and georgia because that's where i had been locked up yeah you gotta so, spread that fraud right, around so i said if i if i want to get people from different states i probably need to write them so i came up i looked up for criminal justice and saw some of the bills that had been passed and what was being written and stuff like that. And so I did a form, I did a letter stating that President, I think it was George Bush, had come up with the Second Chance Act and da 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 da. And this might apply to you. Anyone that's got a life sentence for a violent crime that grew up under the poverty level right. might qualify for um, a pardon or release under the Second Chance Act. Right. So I need to get some information on your background. So I asked them pertinent questions. I did a one. So it uh, looks like it's coming from what, like a, 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 a like a lawyer, or? like a, a foundation's office. Okay. So I got envelopes made, and and so I sent those letters out. I sent like a hundred letters. I said, let me do a test, and I picked like eight states and sent out a hundred letters, spreading them out, like maybe one or two in each prison. Right. And you're thinking you're going to get back how many? I'm thinking I sent out a hundred letters. I might get back. Like seven or eight. I'm thinking seven or eight letters will come back and I'll be able to, you know, those give me like like 50 grand a piece each one. So eight times five is 40. So that'd be $400,000. And that'd be enough for me to print like maybe 400 letters. Yeah. <laughs> and get seven or eight. You know what I'm saying? So I sent the letters out. I opened up a P.O. box or I got someone to open up a P.O. box. Sent the letters out. And when I checked the box, it's like about... Two weeks later, I like I when I remembered to check the box, I go to the box and I get a notice that this box is full and you need to come in the next day in order to get your mail. I'm like, what? So then I go in the next day. It, it was a UPS store. And the guy's like, here you go. I'm like, what in the hell? 
it's like I, I got like 110% back because not only did I send the letter to you and you fill it out, right. but you probably showed it to someone else who's like, well, hell, I'll just write them my information. Yeah. Ask them to consider me. So I probably got like 110, 150% back because I got all those letters, all those identities. And you said, you, I, remember, I only remember the story because I remember, so I remember one of the things you had said was that you had, if there's any additional, if there's any additional information that you oh, think yeah. should be taken into consideration, you know, please fill out this. And he had a little section where they could fill it out and guys are filling it out and they're flipping it over. They're writing stuff on other other pieces of paper, like because it's not it's not enough to tell you as much of other stuff you need to take into right. consideration. And he said his wife would read them because he's not reading them. I got the information. I don't care about what the <laughs> what this guy thinks the other extenuating circumstances are. He says wife's read them. And one time his wife goes, she's like, "Have you ever read these?" And he goes, "No." Why? She goes, "They're really sad." <laughs> like this guy was his his mother used to rent him out to like to, to like. You know, pedophiles and and and, and his, his Zach goes stop reading them. Yeah, that, that, that's how I go like stop, stop reading. Stop, that, stop. stop. She's like, this one's really bad. She's like, feel bad. It was and it was a guy named Magic. His, his first name was Magic. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, it, horrible. That that, yeah. that stuff is yeah. like you know what's so funny is like now they'll be in the comment section, guys. People be like laughing about those poor guys. Shut up. You're not fucking sending them money. You don't care about those people. No, anyway, that's right. That's so, right. Anyway, so what? What? So okay. So so where are we now? So all right. So basically, I'm I'm you got I, I you've got cru- crews. I got I got crews out there working, but what happened is when my my master crew quit. Right. Right. When my main crew quit, like my funds went downhill because now I don't have someone churning every month what I need to maintain my houses. It's hard, hard to maintain three right. houses. Right. So so. So me and me and and Madison have to go out and my money is is dipping because it's like everything I've gotten has has me at a certain level. Like I never thought like maybe you ought to sell off some crap, live in one spot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, live in one mansion. <laughs> I don't need maybe hit three mansions is overkill. <laughs> what? Yeah. Take a step backwards? Yeah. No. What the heck are you thinking? What am I, a peasant? So what what I had what I had the concept I came up with is and this is more of the franchise. What I need is I need someone that's going to do all of the managing. And all I do is provide the, the information. Right. Right. So I can focus on a, on a franchise and, and just do all the other stuff I want to do. I just need somebody out there to provide the information. Right. You know, that's going to run around and get the people, tell me where they're going to send them, just operate. So I want what I call a general. Right. By this time, you have you are, do you already own like the uh, the pizza franchise or is it a pizza franchise? Or yeah, it was it a, a pizza. No, not not at that time. OK. All right. So we that's that was my plan. So I'm looking for generals. So it's and I know a general is a special type of person. I just don't know who it is, but I've gotten a bunch of losers. Right. Just. Just absolute losers. One of those losers was a guy named Joseph. I used to call him Polar Bear. It was a, a white dude with blonde hair. And he was a big, big kind of 6'2 white guy, blonde hair, kind of thick. I called him Polar Bear. So what happened to him was I guess he had a girl that he was dealing with that was uh, strung out on drugs. He, he was one of the ones that uh, was, took a trip. He wanted to go to Florida. 
He wanted to do one of the runs, and he goes, I want to go to Florida. I said, okay, no problem. So he goes, I'm going to drive down to Florida. So he was down in, no, no, he flew to Florida, and he wanted to drive back up to Georgia, right, for a Halloween party. I remember this now. It's weird. He's like, I want to come back up to, to Georgia for a Halloween party. I said, dude, are you serious? He goes, yeah, yeah, instead of me doing all this stuff tomorrow, can you just extend the hotel down here? Get me a hotel up there. I'm going to go up there for one night to go to a Halloween party, and I'm going to come back down. Okay, man, fine. You're like In my mind, I'm like, $50,000. Right, I'll put up with a little bit of crap for this yeah, fucking idiot. Whatever. So I give him the, the, I do exactly what he asked me to do. So apparently he was coming back up to Georgia to, to, to score crack. I guess he was having problems getting it down where he was because he didn't know anybody. I'm he sorry. came up to Georgia and bought crack and got arrested. Mm. Ended up going to jail. This well, What was funny about this guy is he was released and he was on probation. So it's one of those where Georgia does split sentences. So he finished his prison sentence, got out, and got on probation. So he started probation. He was on parole, a little bit of parole left, and then probation. So by him drive, insisting, because I tried – for 30 minutes to talk him out of it, like, dude, like, we'll find you a Halloween. We'll get on the Internet. <laughs> it's not that. Probably, yeah, we'll find you a Halloween party. Right. Or next Halloween, bro, wherever you want to be, I promise. Nah, dude, let me just drive up there. You know, fine. Let me please drive to my arrest. <laughs> so he, he got uh, arrested for drugs. Him going to jail is what triggered my, it's where, like, if I look back on my life, it's where the dominoes just right. started falling. Like, everything fell. Just, it lined up and fell appropriately. And I lined up with it, right? you know, because I knew at that time the, the FBI had been looking for us. Well, no, I didn't. I knew that detectives in Florida were looking for us. You know what I'm saying? I just knew that we were hot. And I wanted to kind of stay put. That's why we wanted to go out west. I wanted to just kind of stay put for a while and let everything blow over. And But the dominoes started falling. So his arrest, what happened was he had a female. Her name was Mary. Mary, that's what I wanted to describe. So it's important that I describe to you my operation, the way I worked. So I worked in an office out of my house. I had an assistant. Her name was JoJo. Right. JoJo lived in the projects. I used to pay her like $2,500 a month. What, what JoJo did was she booked the hotels and the flights. She took care of all of the, because my wife had just had our, had our daughter. So she took care of all of the intricacy things that needed to go on. like right. The logistics and things. The like. logistics, right. She had a runner. It was a, a stupid friend of hers by the name of... Um, Oh, man, I knew I was going to forget this guy's name. Ugh. Anyway, she had a, a junior. She had a runner by the name of Junior. He was super slow. And what reason I remember him is because she's always telling me, Junior's so special. <laughs> so she had a runner. She was my assistant, and it was her husband that I met in jail. His name was DeCarlos. So that was her baby daddy, DeCarlos. She had Junior, and it was JoJo. So <clears throat> these were my, my side crew. This is the people that helped me out. So what happened is 
I stopped taking calls. Like I'm not no longer going to deal with the stupidity and the, the lunacy. They call Jojo and Jojo weeds it out because she knows what all needs to be done. So that freed up a lot of my times. I wasn't talking to stupidity. So one day Jojo calls me up and Jojo says, Hey, um, I got this girl calling. She goes, I think you ought to talk to her. I said, well, what does she want? She goes, she wants a job. I'm like, Okay, well, what makes you think I need to talk to her? She goes, listen, you got to hear what she's a trip. You got to hear her. So she puts her through on the phone. This is like a phone system. It's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. unbelievable. It's unbelievable. What we had. So she gets her name is Mary. She goes, hi, my name is Mary and you need me. I said, what? She goes, she goes, listen, polar bear. She called him. Joe told me all what you had going on. And she goes, I promise you, you need me. I would be very valuable to you. And, and that is my intent. I'm trying to make a lot of money so that I can move somewhere else. And on your team, I think we could both make a bunch of money. I said, okay. She goes, you need to check out my resume. I'm like, check out your resume? She goes, yeah, look me up at the Georgia Department of Corrections and call me back. Here's my number. Click, and then she hung up on me. So I'm like, this bitch. Let me. <laughs> so I type her in. And I see fraud, check fraud, you know, scam scheme for um, larceny, larceny schemes. I'm like, like a boner, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, whoa. So I call her back. She's like, yes, yes, I can do all that. I can got that. We can, you know, I'm, yeah, I've I'm been looking for this chick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm like, this is my general. Right. So I'm talking to her and she's telling me, listen, because we, we met with her. She's telling me, listen, I could, I could get a crew of women like that. How many you need? Six, 10, 15? I'm like, what, where do you get them? She goes, come on, man. She goes, I've been out here doing this. I know boosters. I got girls on standby ready to go. What do you need us to do? So I'm like, awesome. Yeah. Th this will be awesome. So I'm telling her, okay, so I make the same proposition. We're going to get you a rental car. We're going to get you somewhere to stay. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're going we're gonna to absolutely hook you up. We're, we're going we're gonna to do this. So what we do is we go on a test run just to kind of show her everything that's going on. So we meet her in, in Florida. We go down to Florida where my wife and I demonstrate, where we go in with her to demonstrate exactly what we're doing. Right. You know what I'm saying? So my wife goes in as a female and opens up an account. I go in as a male, open up an account, and she's watching, and I got this. This is easy. This is absolutely easy. I got this. I got this. She's telling me, man, I can have four girls doing this next week. Awesome. Right. <laughs> awesome. So we're flying back because I think we're staying in Georgia. We're flying back to Georgia. She's going to drive back. So we tell her, okay, look, this went great. Here's about $2,000, right? When you get back to Georgia, what we want you to do is we want you to get a place. We're going to help you furnish it, you know, in our ways of furnishing things. Yeah. And get set up, and we're going to put it to work. If you can get us two girls, I've got the folder set up, and then next week we'll start working. The deal was we were going to split everything. So if they, the girls go on a run, we make $70,000, $80,000, then she gets 40, I get 40, which is of the profit. So if we have to, whatever we pay the girls, whatever's left as profit, her and Mary and I split. 
So that was going to be the deal. I'm like, cool, let's go. So my wife and I, we're excited. We get on the airplane and we get ready to fly back. So Mary has her money. She's in her new car. She has, she has what she needs. She's to come back to Georgia where she's to set up and get her two girls to take her first trip. My wife and I fly back to Georgia where I'm going to get all the paperwork together ready for Mary to go. Right. Um, I wanted to give Mary a little time. It was supposed to be like three, three days, three, four days. And she's supposed to call and let us know. So on about the fourth day, about third day, you know, probably the day before she was supposed to call, I get a call from Jojo. Hello. She goes, Hey, um, Mary's in jail. Like what, what? Like Mary, Mary, the Mary, we just, yeah, yeah. The Mary that you went down to Florida with the Mary. Yeah. She's in jail. She's in jail. What, what, what is she in jail for? Like what happened? Like, so she goes, I, when she calls me back, I'll let you know. But she called me from jail. Let me know she's in jail. So Mary calls her back. Jojo calls me back and it's like, hello. I'm like, Mary, hello. What happened? She's like, oh, I don't know. It's crazy. I got in the car with this guy. He had some crack on him. Blah, blah, blah. We got pulled over. We got arrested. He wouldn't even claim the crack. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm thinking to myself, fuck. Oh, she's my God. She's thought, a this, thought this chick had it together. And she's a crackhead. Oh, my God. No. I've given her like five, six thousand dollars. I didn't even ask her about the rental car. I didn't even ask. You know, it's just like, ugh. So I'm like, okay, what's going on? She goes, my, just got to get me out of here. I'm going to work. I promise you, just take whatever you take. I'm going to work. Just get me to work so I can make this money and get me out of here. So I said, okay, well, how much is your bond? She goes, my bond's $22,500. For crack? Yeah. Well, it's 250 bucks, you know, to get her out. It's 10%. Oh, you said, oh, you did, did you say 22000 No, I said $2,500. Oh, okay. I, mean, I thought it was $22,000. Jeez. So she goes, my bond's $2,500, blah, blah, blah. So I hang up with her. I said, okay, we'll bond you out. So I hang up with her, and I'm talking to, to JoJo now. Like you said before, I had access to all our accounts through, like, my phone. Like, this is the era of the smartphone, the BlackBerry. So... I could transfer money to JoJo. The fact that you said of the BlackBerry is, yes, this, is, is the smartphone. Yeah, this is okay. the smartphone. Guys will be laughing right now. <laughs> this is 2007. These fucking old school fucking <laughs> motherfuckers. This is 2007, yeah. you know? So I called Joe. I talked to JoJo. He goes like, well, I go bond her out, JoJo. She goes, send Junior down there to pay her bond. She goes, want me to get a bondsman? I said, no, no, I'm going to send you the, the $2,700. Give that to Junior, tell him to go cash bond her out for me. She's like, okay, I got you. So they arrange, we, you know, we make arrangements for that. I kind of go to bed or I do what I do. I think I tell my wife. You know, so the next morning, about 10 o'clock, JoJo calls me. Hello? She goes, um, uh, Mary's still in jail. I'm like, what, you didn't bond her out? She goes, yeah, we bonded her out, but um, she's still in jail. I'm like, well, what's going on? She goes, apparently she's gotten two charges that she didn't even know about. So she gets on the phone. She goes, yeah, I had these forgery charges going on, you know. Blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, you had forgery? You had forgery? So she had a, a, a check charge show up, and her bond was $5,000. So I'm like, what? She had a uttering a forged instrument and a forgery charge for this one check she wrote. So it's an additional, it's an additional, it's 5, additional bond. So when we posted our $2,500 bond, she's in this County called Fayette, 
County, which is Fayetteville, Georgia. Yeah. So when we posted her bond, they just dropped those charges and she couldn't get out of jail. So I'm like, oh, come on, just get me out. I'm going to work. I promise you I'm going to get to work immediately. I'm like, oh. <sighs> Pay the bond. You want me to use a bond? No, don't use a bondsman. I'm going to send you over $5,200. Oh, no, not now. Now, I'm, now it's, uh-uh. No, no, don't use the bondsman. I don't want any signatures. Just put the money on her books and cash bond her out of there. Mm. Mm-mm. All right, no problem. We got it. All right. That night or the next morning, hello? Yeah, uh, she's still in jail. Okay. You're running game on me. <laughs> she's like, now her bond is $7,500. What? I'm going to miss Mary. <laughs> okay. No. I don't know. Is this detective? So she gets on the phone. Mary, I don't know. Is this detective? He hates my guts. As soon as you pay the bond, he finds some other check and he put it on me. I'm like, oh my God. Oh. Pay the bond. About no bondsman. Cash. I'm gonna send the cash over. I'm gonna have to make a transfer. Go pick some up. Send Junior my way. See, all while this is going on, Junior's running around and he gets the money and he takes it and he puts it on her books. And now that she has enough money on her books, they pay her bond, and she's to get out. Needless to say, after all that transpired, Mary's still in jail. Her bond is ten thousand dollars. Yeah, we're done. We're done. We're done. I thought that. So I'm like, okay, her bond is $10,000. What is going on? Mary tells me that's all of it. I promise that should be, I don't mean it couldn't have been that many checks. That's all of it. Just get me out of here. I'm going to pay you back every dime. I'm going to work the first job for free. Da, 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 just so you get your money back. You're the most important thing. Da, da, da. Yeah. I'm like, okay, okay. L- listen, mm, go ahead. Mm-mm. Mm. Pay the bond. You gonna send me the cash? No, use a bondsman. You know how disappointed I am in you right now, right? Like yes. I don't f- really fully remember this story. Like you this don't remember? Bad, not this bad. Like I mean, like I can for that much money, I can get another Mary. I can. <laughs> you can buy. A Mary. I can go buy a Mary. <laughs> yes. See, remember I told you the dominoes. When I look back, the dominoes fell perfectly. So there's a Mary. I'm thinking, okay, I get one or two trips out of her. I'm going to get this money back. Right. So pay the bond. Bondsman. So Junior signs for her, goes to a bondsman, finds a bondsman, signs her bond to get her out. Mary's still in jail. Her bond's $15,000. i am like, all right, that's... She's calling and screaming. So we're I done. tell Mary, I said, you know what? Okay, okay. We're done. I don't say we're done. I say, okay, this is what we're going to do, Mary. I said, there's this hot lawyer that helped me and my wife. His name is Adrian. He's a fantastic lawyer. I'm going to hire him to come down there and find out what's going on. Because she's telling me, listen, I've got your future. Look, I've got all these girls ready to go. I know, I know, I know. She's... Working you. <laughs> Worked me. Worked me. 
So I pay the lawyer. The lawyer, I call up. I go, she needs a bond. This is what's going on. They're stacking charges on top of her. Da, 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 da. He goes, listen. listen. And, and the lawyer, Adrian, he was so cocky. You know, he was this light-skinned, probably half black, half white guy. Very handsome. Had an awesome law firm downtown. But he was part of a firm. Like, I don't have time to listen. You know what I'm saying? You get a few words in. I'll decipher everything else and blame you if I miss something. You got that? <laughs> Nice. Yeah. So, of course you do. So, he's like, listen, I'll find out what's going on. I got this. I'll go down there in the morning and check it out. My fee for getting a bond is $10,000. For handling the whole case, it's another ten. dollars So, get me 10 bands, and I'll go down there and I'll get her a bond. I got you. I guarantee you I'll get her a bond. (sighs) You're at like 50 grand now. Aren't you close to 50? I'm close to 50. So, you know, so I give him 10. He goes down to get her a bond. So he goes down to see Mary, right? And when he comes out, like all of this is going on, by the way, I'm living my life. We're looking for the franchise. It's me, my wife, and my daughter. We're, you know, we're living a normal life. While wow, this is yeah, these are periodic, just com- just phone calls. Yes, this is in, a five in, in, in the minutes, three minute phone call with transferring some money and just moving on. Yes, it's like okay, that's that wasn't the decision I made, so go ahead. So I get a phone call, and age is the lawyer, and he doesn't sound cocky anymore. So I answer the phone. Yeah, Adrian, what's going on? He goes, okay, listen, I fucked up, and you fucked up. Excuse I've me? been here the whole time. <laughs> like, one more time. He said, I fucked up and you fucked up. Okay. So how did I fuck up? He said, you fucked up because you did not tell me that this girl did not know your real name. I didn't tell you she didn't know my real name. No, you didn't. But so how did but she does how, now how did you fuck up he said i fucked up because i told her he said i'm telling you this because i wasn't in there two seconds and she asked me who paid you and i said your real name your first and last name and she said oh that's his real name and he said that hit my gut like a rock I'm like, oh, God. Whoo. But he goes, I do have some good news. I got her a bond. <laughs> no. He said, I do no, have some no, good no. news. The, the feds are going to bond her out now. <laughs> With that name, she went and talked to the feds, and they gave her a bond. You're giving the story away, Matt. Sorry. I haven't got to the end of the story. You're giving it away. Sorry. He goes, I have good news. I have a bond hearing set for her uh, next Thursday. Okay. He goes, I'm going to guarantee to get her a bond. Did the heat shoot up through you? Oh, I'm I'm sweating now thinking about it. Yes. Like, I told her your real name. It's so bad. Yeah, you did fuck up. (laughs) You you really should have been like, listen, she don't. First of all, why does he know your real name? Oh, because he had. He helped me and represented me in court. Right, right, right. In fact, that's the only name he knew me by. Okay. So my mess up was hiring somebody that knew me. Yeah. 
Like I should have said, you pick a lawyer and I pay him. Right. You know, and and Junior, he could have gave him Junior's name. You know, like uh oh, Junior. And none of these just, other people know your name. Like like no. uh, uh Mary, not Mary, but uh, Jojo. Jojo doesn't. Not nobody knows your real name. Right. He does because he represented me in court. Right. But right. but now does so does Mary. Right. So, yeah, I understand. All right. So so what happened? So so he sets her a bond hearing. Jojo and I talk to Mary. We try to calm her down a little bit. You know, we, you know, it's going to be all right. Next week, you're going to get a bond. We're going to go ahead and finally put all this to rest. You know, he's going to blah, 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 blah. Um, she's like, oh, just get me out of here. And she's committing to like, okay, how much, am, how much are you into me now? I'm going to do this to make it all up to you. Pro- I promise you we're going to get this back. We're going to make this money. Da, 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 you know, I'm like, okay, okay, all right, yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm praying for the best. All right, so the Thursday comes and the bond hearing shows up. I want to go, but I'm like, no, I'm not going to the bond mm-hmm. hearing. <laughs> so um, he comes, although now it's not periodical thoughts that this is occurring. This is kind of my main focus. Yeah, yeah. Now it can't, you can't stop thinking about yeah, it. That's right. So he goes to the bond hearing. He comes out and he calls up and he goes, all righty. I got good news and I got bad news. I'm like, come on, man. You don't, you don't just, you know, what do you, which one do you want first? Um, give me the good news. Give me the good news first. How about that? He goes, okay. So what I found out is apparently she was going around to Walmart in the Atlanta metro area and she was writing checks and getting gift cards. So somehow she got some kind of book, a couple of books of checks and she's writing them out and getting like four or $500 gift cards with them. Each check that she wrote is two charges. It's uttering a forged instrument and um, forgery. So the highest bond for those checks is $2,500 each, right? I got the judge to tell the detective who, by the way, Adrian said pissed him off before he went in because he said something slick. And he said the detective asked who hired him. But <laughs> he said that I got the judge to tell the detective all of the charges you have, you bring them by tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Friday night at 6 p.m., right? Any charges after that, Mary gets OR bond for, right? So all those charges are going to be brought before then. He can't bring any more, otherwise she's automatically OR, so you'll be able to bond her out tomorrow right. evening. Released on her own or cognizance, right? Yes, I'm like, oh. Thank goodness. Whew. Bad Wait news. a minute. Yeah. There was bad news, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, what's the bad news? The bad news is she wrote 72 checks. <laughs> Are you shitting me? So Friday evening at six, Mary Bond listed at $685,000. She's never getting out. She's never getting out. I'm not what? getting her. I wouldn't get her out. You did not get her out. Are you serious? <laughs> you didn't get her out. That's that's for ten percent of that is is like six hundred fifty thousand, six hundred over six hundred thousand. I mean, I'm sorry, over sixty thousand dollars. And they wanted property, so they wanted me to put up my house. So just so you know, Matt, you're right. I didn't get her out, but I did price the bond. And this is a moment. So I call. I tell JoJo. I said, get me. Uh, uh, like what would I need to to get her out? So I would need the 60. Really, it was going to be like 80,000 because they wanted a security deposit and I'd have to give up a deed to my house. 
And and the bondsman said, you do understand that if she doesn't show up for court, I will own your house. You will not get it back. That's one court hearing. So you need to give me 60000 So I'm on the phone. I have him on speaker. So I'm sitting at my desk. And he's like, I'm going to need like $80,000, your signature and the deed to one of your homes with you signing that you, if she misses one hearing, that I will be the owner of your house. That's all I need. Well, what's the answer? So I'm like, um, yeah, can, can I call you back and let you know? Let me think it over. He says, all right, yeah, just let me know. I'm like, all right, no problem. And I hang up the phone and I sit back and I hear something move and I look and it's my wife standing there with my baby, both looking at me. And she said, if you bond her out, then I know you're fucking her. Oh, God. And walked out of the room. Oh, how many? <laughs> like, no. Wow. I promise you, if I do bond her out, I will be fucking her. From here on. Out. You yeah. ain't shit you can do yeah. about it. <laughs> Man. I, so, I, so, Matt, given those circumstances, would you have? <laughs> you know what's funny is uh, we were talking about this the other, or, uh, earlier and the other day. It was like every time you tell someone that story, like, well, in, in prison. In prison. In I prison. tell that story in prison. Yeah. And guys would say, oh, I'd have bought it out. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And killed her. Like, th- then it, the whole thing falls apart. It, it, it's over. Like, like, there is no case. She can't testify against me. She can't anything. I get all my money back. She's dead. Like, you talk yeah, to these guys. Yeah, you're right. You're right. right. Like, but that's what guys in prison will say. Kill her. Like, yeah. when I was with Becky, and she had all the money, and she was driving me crazy. You know how many guys were like, so she got like $600,000 in cash. Yeah. Oh, I have just killed her. And I'm like, okay, well, as a fraudster, that isn't an option. I'm not going to kill someone. <laughs> so it bothers me that that is like so many guys in prison. Yes. Their first reaction is, is, oh, okay, so you didn't kill her? No, no I didn't kill her. No, what do people you mean? say, unfortunately, I would have bonded her out and, and, and offed her. Right. Like, that would have been the answer. Like, you, you had to bond her out. You, you already know she knows your name. She knows your name. She's got to cooperate. Especially if you don't bond her out, because she's already she's already a drug addict. We now know she's a crackhead who hasn't had crack in at least a week. She's jonesing. She hates you if you don't bond her out, because in her mind, everything she's because you know drug addicts like if they're like, I promise I'll do that. At that moment, they one hundred percent believe it. And if you say I don't believe you, then they hate your guts because they know they are telling the truth. Even though the truth is, you've made thousands of promises like that and never owned up to any of them. Yeah, but that was different. They can always justify why they de- they've never done an upstanding back so, Yes. Yeah. So in they, their mind it's like, "You know what? Fuck him. I'm going to go where, give me the FBI on the phone. I, this is the guy's name. This is Boom. Matter of fact, that's exactly what she did because what? the the training That's crazy. I know. The training that my wife and I did are the charges that we have in oh. Florida. You mean she didn't bring you them back to the bank and get the video camera <laughs> footage where you walked in? It was clearly you. Wow. So, what? well, we well after that, I mean, generally speaking, the lawyer Adrian, because I paid him the twenty to represent her. Of course, he, did. he actually got her a deal for like three years in prison for all of those checks, and he says. I know the the parole. I know someone on the parole board. 
He goes, so I told her she wouldn't even do eight months. Did she do any time? Yeah, she did. Okay. He, he actually, he told my sister, Adrian told my sister that she did like two years and that he made sure of that. Oh, okay. Nice. Because <laughs> nice. he was, he was up because he was upset because there was a point in time, but Matt, all this got crazy. And so when she cooperated, there was a point when I called Adrian and Adrian said to me, he says, like, I called him up. I said, Adrian, let me ask. He said, don't ask me nothing. And let me tell you this. He goes, whenever you hire me to represent a client, I have to represent that client to the best of my ability, no matter what they decide to do. Right. So I am sworn by this is this is a spiel he gave me that was probably written and presented to him like. Mm. Right. Do anything other than represent this woman. Right. You know, it it got very serious. Right. But as he's fact. reading it, you know, just by you telling me this, I know she's cooperating right now. Yes. Right. Okay. Got it. I totally understand. She's cooperating. Great. I need to get out of here. I need to start shutting down. Well, the operation. yeah. So that's where we're we're in Utah. So I'm like, okay, we don't go back. You got to get out of Utah. You stick out like a sore thumb in Utah. <laughs> he's up that. He's up that mountain. Okay. Uh, where where the FBI were here? We're looking for an African American. He's over there. But, <laughs> Saw him last I week. Didn't, I didn't even tell you, you know, I can make a call. We know where he is at all the time. <laughs> he just went through checkers. <laughs> yes, yes. That's uh, poor Utah. Slam me. But yes, that's that's basically. So we're over on the West Coast just to make something funnier. Um, yeah, this is well, the, 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 the dynamics of what happened was the way we were arrested is when. I don't know. This is this is straight. I don't have all the answers for this. So this is we, they, they they kick in JoJo's door. Yes. Okay. So we're going. We decide we're staying in Utah and we're not coming back this way at all. They, our families, my my mom and Madison's mom, arranged for Winter to be baptized and christened. Right here, right. his daughter's name is uh, yeah Winter. Your right. daughter to right. be Christian. Right. right. Uh, so we're gonna Kristen. Kristen. So we're gonna bring her back to Florida. So we get an airline ticket. This is something, you know, we planned this even before Mary. As a matter of fact, when I think about it, this is before all this shit went down. Because the warning my my wife gave me was everybody knows we're going back to Florida. So the day that we're supposed to go back to Florida, right? And by the way, Utah is two hours behind us. We're on the East Coast. They're on the um, mountain time. Mm -hmm. So at four, three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, Junior calls me and says, hey, they kicked in JoJo's door and took her to jail. I'm like, what? He said, yes. And it wasn't the FBI, right? And JoJo lives in Atlanta, and it wasn't the Fulton County police. The police from Fayette County drove over county lines and kicked in JoJo's door. Like one of the most illegal acts ever (laughs) by the police. Right. Like, we're going to go into another county without any Fulton, Fulton County sheriff and kick in this woman's door and take her out of the county into our jail. Right. Like, they broke the law. I, I don't I know you want me to act shocked. <laughs> 
this is not uncommon. You know, I, I, I know guys that were kidnapped in their own home countries where the FBI came in. Yes. Kidnaps the guy in his own country for something that's not illegal in his country. And he's like, oh, he's wanted here. Yeah, but you didn't extradite him. You didn't. No, we're not going to go through all that. They might not have done it. Well, so what you did was illegal. It's not illegal once we get him back to the United States. I know. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's only illegal if they if, if, when they catch us there. And then the United States is going to get a, make, make them give us back. So they're really just not. And they're totally breaking the law. The whole thing. And then, then the guy goes in front of the judge and says, Your Honor, they kidnapped me in my own country and brought me here. And the judges are always like, yeah, it's fine. You're already here, though. Like, yeah. that's up to them to prosecute them. I have no jurisdiction there. And you're here. So we're going to go forward. Yeah, it's like, right. wow. Amazing. So they, they arrested Jojo. They kick in her door and arrested Jojo. Apparently what happened is the night before we were to leave, Mary called Jojo and gave Jojo a social security number. So when she gave Jojo that number over the phone. Give him jurisdiction to go right, and kick so in the door. So they come in and kick. Of course. I mean, if, if I were to give you a social security number on the phone, the police should be barging through my door to arrest me. Right. For getting that three, three counties over. <laughs> yeah. Right. You're under arrest for writing down a number that somebody gave you. Let's go, goddammit. Right. What's even funnier is that, like, back then, that kind of was how it was. Like, now... You can give me your social security number. I can have your, and there's, that's not a charge, but it used to be a charge. You're in possession of someone else's. I haven't done anything with it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Let's like, go. Aggravated identity theft. What? <laughs> Two years? Like, but now they're, now they're like, no, he has to actually use it. Oh, you mean he has to actually commit a crime with it? Yes. Now it's a crime. <laughs> but holding it isn't a crime. So, but it was. How many guys did two years for that? <sighs> A ton. Yeah. A ton. And apparently so, Jojo. Apparently, well, Jojo didn't get any time. They actually dropped the charges. Right. So they, they really what they wanted is because of my um, whenever I travel, I had multiple identities. And so for traveling, I had an identity. My wife and I had an identity strictly for traveling. So right. I would never travel under my name. I would just travel under a name. Right. So that I would take the ID card and like, anyway, I mean, the way I was. I would take my ID and overnight it to the hotel I was staying in. Right. And I would take the ID card and go check in the hotel, get my ID in the mail, and then I'd walk around as me the rest of the time, overnight my ID back home, and get back on a plane as the my travel person. So nobody knew the name we were traveling under. So we were going to be able to land and they not even identify us. The only person that knew what name we traveled under was JoJo. Right. So they gave JoJo a social security number, kicked in their door, and took her to jail. When they took JoJo, she held out because she's a gangster. No, oh, of course, held out for, at least a couple of minutes. All, it was all of until they brought her a soda. <laughs> then we got your soda. Okay, here's his name. <laughs> Their names. Yeah. So, yeah. So they take JoJo to jail. Junior calls me and says JoJo's in jail. Right. So I'm like, for what? Like JoJo legitimately never did anything except answer the phone and make travel arrangements. I mean, right. of course, in a conspiracy. conspiracy. In yeah. a cons but anyway, so he tells me JoJo's in jail. My wife and I are freaking out. So my wife tells me, let's not go to Tampa. And I stupidly tell my wife, honey, JoJo's in Georgia. We're going to Florida. The Georgia police have no jurisdiction in Florida. See, I don't know it's the FBI. If I'd right. known it's the FBI, I probably would have thought, I think they got jurisdiction everywhere. We're not going nowhere yeah. except under these bushes over here. <laughs> so um, we, I still get on the airplane to fly out. My wife tells me as we're, as we're at the airport in line, she says, I just want to say this for the record. 
if anything happens, I want it known that I was absolutely against this trip from the beginning. Because she's begging me, let's not go. Let's just go and get in a hotel room for like a month. And nobody knows where we're at. (laughs) We'll, We'll eat at a restaurant or whatever. Nobody knows where we're at. We'll just hide out. But that's not what happened. That's not what happened. So I had a direct flight from Salt Lake City right into Tampa. So we get on our airplane that same day that JoJo was arrested, flew into Tampa, and lo and behold, as I step off the airplane, they call my name. Uh, Mr. Allen, I'm like, "Uh, uh, no, my name is Billy Bob. Right. Billy Bob? Yeah, I'm Billy Bob. You have some identification? I'm like, I absolutely do. Here you go. So the cop looks at it. Hmm. Looks at me. We'll deal with this later. Let's go. <laughs> Another charge. <laughs> Who was that? Was it a cop or was it uh, the it was agent? The, it, was the, it was the lavender guy. It was the purple man. That was our introduction to the purple man. Mr. When he lavender. grabbed me, he took my wife and, one, wife and daughter in one direction and pulled me in another direction. You know, I'm a smart ass. So that's when I kind of pissed him off. But that's what led up to my arrest. That's what led up to my uh, 1698-month sentence in federal prison. All because of those two accounts that we opened with Mary. That and all of the other arrests. Like you always say, well, and my charge, it was only a little bit of money. Yes, but you have all of these other charges. I don't like to bring that up. (laughs) (laughs) Why you got to be be talking about the past? I used to love the guys. Why you got to be bringing up the past? (laughs) Yeah, so. Yes. Your charge without all of the other charges would have been what? Probably like probation or something. But because of all of your history well, of arrests. No, well, yes. I, I was a level. Well, I was at least, two year, at least two years for aggravated identity theft. Right. Right. Because you got aggravated, right? Yes. Okay. Um. Yeah. I, my, my loss amount was very low because of. Right. Well, because they hadn't put everything together. So they don't have. Even, they didn't have everything. They had just what they could directly link you to with the, with the knuckleheads they grabbed. Right. So, I mean, God only. Look, right. if they had gotten everything, you know, you we. We'd be talking on the phone right now. Right. Um, <laughs> Are you putting this on? Am I live? Am I live? <laughs> you're calling from the bureau. You're speaking with an inmate in the Bureau yeah. of Prison. Federal like, bureau. Uh, I, yeah. You'd, you'd have been like, uh, Zach is still in jail. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my story, Matt. Nice. Good times. Good times. I, I don't like some of that. I don't think of as good times, but uh, that was my story. It's funny now. <laughs> you don't see you, you. It's funny. You don't laugh about it nearly as much. Even looking back, I can tell you're, you're like, oh, I, I hate it. it it's gut wrenching. It, it's it's gut. That part of it is gut because of the the onslaught of bad decisions. Yeah. Yeah. And when you so and then when you went to prison. So you go to prison and you meet me. And I remember then you did your 2255 and got back, which honestly, even getting to be brought back in front of the judge for a 2255 is that's almost unheard of. Right. So you actually got yourself back, but the judge just hated you. Oh, he hates my gut. He hated my guts. What was, who was, what was the judge? Judge Whittemore. He hated my guts. So, so, so funny. Needless to say, I did the whole bid thought for sure. At some point, something would cut me at least a little bit. Only thing it did was RDAP. Oh, RDAP? You, yeah. oh, oh, you did go all the way through RDAP? I went all the way through RDAP and got the year off. Bro, I have a question for you. Like, how, like, you, you, like. I did like, it with the pen. Oh, f- oh, 
Well, it was probably not as bad at the pen. Like oh, the, it was the, bad. I mean, no, I mean, are guys telling on each other left what? and right? Yes, are they? Yes, at the pen. What are you talking about? Stabbings. Big, big Herc. Big Herc says that nobody tells on each on anybody in the pen. <laughs> oh, we got to do that video. So, um, so you got the year off. I went to bloody Bo- Beaumont. Beaumont. Yeah, that's bad. That's a bad. That's you know, uh, my my cousin went there too. You know, <laughs> he was like he went to bloody. He went to the medium. Oh. He went to the medium. He was like, the medium. Medium was supposed well, to be worse than the pen. Right. He was like, it was horrible. It was horrible. I was like, bro. I said, how bad? It? I said, bro, are you okay? I mean, how bad is it there? Because I we had I was sending letters between my mom. And he said, listen, it's bad, but don't worry. There's some guys from my trailer park here. I'm going to be okay. Yes. All right. So that uh, that's it, right? You want me to wrap it up? All right. All right. Hey, uh, so if you like the podcast, do me a favor, hit the like button, share the video, uh, turn on the the notification, hit the bell to be notified and leave a comment. And uh, definitely, uh, definitely, I'll say it twice. Definitely share the video. And I appreciate it. All right, Zach. Hey, Zach. All right. See ya. See ya.